following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 39 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. Stank, how are you doing on this lovely Sunday uh, afternoon? Well, today, the actual day is great. I was just out in the yard uh, helping my wife do some yard work. But uh, uh, those of you that aren't in Illinois, uh, we got stuck with some more quarantine. Oh, yeah. It's- this is uh, – we got the news. Uh, it's extended till when? 2023, I believe, or at least that's yeah. what it feels like. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, like a lot of those people, we live in uh, one of the – uh, states, one of the states that are are extending it a little bit. I know some states, unfortunately, are not listening to logic or science and are reopening. Uh, those of you, if you live in one of those states, hope you're staying safe. You know, make sure to wear a mask. Make sure to, yeah. you know, wash your hands and wash everything. Just the basic guidelines of the CDC. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was actually uh, I drove out to one of the suburbs out here in Illinois to Lockport. Uh, hometown of CM Punk, I believe. Um, but I, I needed to go get another pair of glasses. Uh, I needed a backup in case these break, and I'd been I'd been putting it off for quite a while now, actually. And uh, I figured, well, I got all the time in the world, so I went over yeah. there and did that. And yeah, I picked up you know uh, a lot of just groceries, you know, things I I tend not to go out to stores anymore. I mean, the ones that are open, you know, just Avoiding human yeah. contact as as much as possible, but got my groceries done. Um, I so I did this thing, and I don't know what it's like for you. But, I mean, you have a child, but mm-hmm. like with, I have my nephews, and anytime I see, specifically with a younger one, I post pictures of him all the time. Uh, anytime I see anything like Batman or Marvel, I- immediately buy it. Oh yeah, all the time, you know, and knowing you you know knowing the the nerd that you are i can only imagine it was very much like that with peyton when she was younger well for her for her it used to be hello kitty everything like she loved hello kitty so uh like right before she was born we like oh this is gonna be a winnie the pooh baby so we bought all this winnie the pooh stuff and she just hated it so but as she grew up it was constantly hello kitty we'd go to the san rio store and uh, lots of Hello Kitty stuff, but yeah, so I, th- that's one of the benefits of also getting stuff for someone that's not your kid. You can spoil the shit out of them, and you look great. And then the parents are like, "Ugh." Yeah, so. I mean, I literally listen. I went to Walmart to pick up my glasses, and probably spent about a hundred dollars on my nephew. Mind you, his birthday was just last week, uh, and I did not spend that much on him, but. Uh, I love the little guy, and they had a lot of really cool Spider-Man, Batman, Star Wars, all that kind of shit. And I'm a right. mark. I am that mark when they're like, oh, these these giant nerd babies are going to see this, and they're going to say, oh, I should buy it for my son or nephew or niece or whatever. They got me. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's again, it's 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 a pretty chill Sunday. You know, I'm here. I was uh, downstairs working out in the uh, what was the freelance yeah. wrestling school. Uh, getting buff. Try, listen, I'm trying to get prison swole. You know, they. Yeah. Uh, 
they announced the Chris Jericho cruise. I don't. There hasn't been much news on it because as of now, there's uh, there's no word on whether or not it. Will. Yeah, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. But last cruise, I kept saying like, oh, I, if you listen to like the first episode, actually, first few episodes of the the podcast, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get a six pack by the time the Jericho cruise rolls around. Uh, spoiler alert, I did not get a six-pack around the second time of the Jericho Cruise. Uh, but this time I want to be a little bit more dedicated and just been in there working out because, I mean, aside from work. What else are you going to do? Yeah, work yeah. and TV and not, not be able to do much else. Uh, but, I mean, if you are at home and you have nothing to do, what you should do is tell your friends about the Road to 1,000 followers giveaway that we're doing. Uh, Dave and I, we, we came up with a... A fun little contest, actually, because uh, we, we actually we have a lot more listeners than we do, like, followers on social media. Not yeah, sure. we haven't done the best to promote, yeah, to and, be honest. And I'm actually, I'm not sure how that works. You know, again, it's like I mentioned, like, we, we get a, a really good amount of downloads, but it's just as far as the social media, not exactly the, uh, the highest count. Yeah, but, we're mean, not lighting the charts on fire. Exactly. Uh, so Dave and I, we got together with uh, with some of the ho- some of the uh, sponsors of the podcast. Uh, that includes Freelance Wrestling, the official sponsor for Wrestling Tees, Cryptic Closet, which uh, apparently Matt Hardy's uh, Matt Hardy's a huge fan of the Cryptic Closet. I don't know if uh, if any of you guys follow the Cryptic Closet. They posted a video of Matt Hardy talking about the Fanny DeVito Fanny Pack, which just. <laughs> Blows my mind. Blows my mind. If at the beginning of uh, 2020 you would have told me Matt Hardy, Broken Matt Hardy, will be doing a video for the Cryptic Closet talking about their Fanny DeVito fanny packs, that itself would have just thrown me (laughs) off. Um, What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. And then last but not least, uh, the wonderful people over at M3 Toys. Uh, We've all come together and essentially just what it is. It's let's get us to a thousand followers. I think as of this recording, we are at uh five sixty eight, which is, you know, about halfway. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, just help spread the word. I know when we, you know, dropped the graphic and we had literally probably within two, three days, like a hundred something people follow us, which is awesome. Uh, and for those of you wondering exactly what the, the, giveaway consists of is um if we can get to 1000 followers uh we will be giving away 10 random t-shirts from pro wrestling tees that's anything that we sell through the website uh dave i i think me and you can uh we can pull some rank and say any of the chicago exclusives as well that we sell in oh yeah pro it's wrestling done. Tea store, right just don't tell ryan um yeah uh five random funko pops from m3 toys you know so if you're one of the winners we'll say hey this is what they have on their website go ahead and pick one and I talked to stupid Michael and I said, listen, I know you got a whole bunch of Funko Pops, no commons. We need some good ones. And he said, I got you. So yeah, uh, they're not going to be commons. They're going to be decent ones. So, yeah. And then you actually, you went ahead and uh, you secured two Fanny DeVito Fanny Packs as well from uh, the Cryptic Closet, the aforementioned yeah. Fanny DeVito Fanny Packs, which again, if you, if you're listening to this and you're not, you have no idea what this Fanny DeVito Fanny Pack is. Do yourself a favor. Go to thecrypticcloset.com and just look at it. It is literally that. It is a fanny pack uh, with the likeness of Danny DeVito. Yeah, I, I called Vinny up and I said, how are you doing? He's like, oh, do you, literally, he's got like a sweatshop in his house. He's just churning these out. And I was like, can we get two of them? And he was a little hesitant. And he's like, all right. And he gave us two. 
And he said, go out there and get a thousand people following you. So, uh, what a, what we're glad a, to have him. Love, love me some Vinny. Yeah, it was his birthday, uh, this past weekend. Uh, so I, I posted the, you know, picture of us as, Wished mm-hmm. him a happy birthday, but happy belated birthday. If you guys haven't wished him a happy belated birthday, go ahead and wish him one. Uh, and then last but not least, Freelance Wrestling. We originally put 10 wrestling DVDs on here, but Marvelous Matt Nicks, friend of the show, uh, was generous enough to give us a lot more than 10 wrestling DVDs. So we have a, a ton of wrestling DVDs from the wonderful people over at Freelance Wrestling. And uh, we have a ton of these uh, PWT cast stickers. So... It'll just be a litany of things that we're trying to give away because uh, we appreciate every single one of you guys who have listened, all you day ones, all you Trevor Outlaws, who's, as of, as of yesterday, is reading the Watchmen graphic novel so he can start the show, and I am so excited for... Good for him. I'm so excited for him to just fall down that rabbit hole of the Watchmen because it, it's so awesome. I One of my friends, um, I, I was talking to her yesterday about Watchmen, and she's like, oh, what is it? And I was just like, oh... And just it's my favorite thing. Like, what time I, you got? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, and my problem too is when describing something like that, I try not to go too in depth with like, well, it's about this, and then uh, you know. But I described it to her, and I, she went and rented it uh, so she could watch it. So I'm I'm waiting to see how she feels about the movie. Maybe she'll start, you know, talking about or start watching the show as well. But uh, I digress. You know, we are. We're doing the the road to one thousand Twitter giveaway in in hopes that you know we we get to a thousand, uh, which I think is a, a it's a attainable goal, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So again, yep. if you if you're already following us, uh, help spread the word. Uh, you know, the, go to our Twitter, retweet that tweet. Um, tell your friends, tell your family. Again, you know, we have so many. You know, we have so many episodes in the can already. Uh, you know, mind you, we're we're only about up to about. 3940 if you count the uh the bonus ones uh but we have such guests as uh kevin smith yes that kevin smith uh colt cabana zach Ryder, kurt hawkins john pollock and waiting of post wrestling marty DeRosa and sarah shockey of marty and sarah love wrestling vicky guerrero ethan page kylie ray effie killer cross horn swoggle pat monix isaiah velasquez uh along with people that work here at the shop you know we have a uh, the shippers, the printers. We have Julia Barkin, the first lady of pro wrestling tees. Uh, we have cousin Jeremy. Listen, if you guys, if you guys been listening since day one, you guys know how much fun cousin Jeremy is. And uh, yeah, you got a lot like of cousin- our maps. Yeah, I actually I pitched you the idea of a of a t shirt design, <laughs> which I was, which literally just came to me out of nowhere. Like I think myself and uh, Zisselman, we were working and then started talking Watchmen. I was like, oh. I was like, what about the Watchmen's? And it becomes a shirt, whatever, the spoiler. I was like, the Watchmen logo. I was like, except... Oh, Westworld. Westworld, I'm sorry. Westworld logo. Uh, I was like, except yeah. the host, you know, doing... Like, if you guys are familiar with the logo, you know, it's the host just... Yeah, in like the Vitruvian Man pose. Exactly. I was like, but it's Cousin Jeremy. I was like, instead. Which, again, is like, don't know how many people would buy that. I would wear it. Which is like you know, it's like it's almost like when Kevin Smith made Tusk. He was just like, I don't know if anyone likes this, but I like this, so I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, you know, uh, the road to uh, 1,000 Twitter giveaway. Uh, you've, you've used the hashtag uh, #PWTweetCast. Um, it's you know, it'd be an easy way for us to find you guys. And again, you know, if we get to the thousand, it's open for everyone. 
you know, everyone who's followed us from day one to yeah, you're already entered. Yeah, you're already entered. And again, you know, we said that the ten wrestling shirts, courtesy of Pro Wrestling Tees, the five Fungo Pops, courtesy of M3 Toys, the two Fanny DeVito Fanny Packs, courtesy of the Cryptic Closet. I got. We wrote ten wrestling DVDs, at least. 25 uh wrestling dvds courtesy of freelance wrestling pwt cast stickers and then listen if we get past a thousand we got a ton of other stuff you know it's 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 just our way of saying thank you to everyone because we're getting closer to uh to episode 52 which would be one year right yeah yeah it's it's crazy to think we've been doing this for almost a year now i was actually going through my phone and there was uh videos uh, like Xavier, friend of the show, uh, Pro Wrestling Shoots, he recorded like a video of us podcasting, and we seemed very like nervous. 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 Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was very much like us just kind of talking, and that's why I I can't go back and listen to some of the older episodes because we sound very just nervous. But I like to think yeah. that now you know we've we've gotten the hang of it, and we're somewhat better at it. I would suppose we're great at it. Yeah. Uh, so again, and that's why you should follow us. <laughs> and that is why you should follow us because listen, uh, if you <laughs> if you want because we're great at podcasting because we're great at podcasting. And uh, if you go back, whenever Watchmen was running, we talk about Watchmen. You know, that's the thing with us. How we always pitch it. You know, and we'll get to this week's uh, this week's guest because it's kind of a longer episode, so we'll try not to ramble on for too long. But uh, you know, prior to recording uh, with Daphne, you know, we told her like, hey no worries you know like don't don't stress this isn't going to be us sitting here kind of asking the normal go-to questions that most wrestling podcasts do which it's not a disparaging thing to say that you know like it's fine you know different podcasts are are different we're just not that yeah exactly we're just we're not that and you know we try to be a bit more conversational talk about the things that they're into and you know that's that's the way we approach it because again Chris Jericho and Colt Cabana, for the most part, they have they have locked in the uh, the wrestling interview, you know, the the classic format that everyone's used to. Then you have you know your Conrad Thompsons and uh, Bruce Pritchard, who kind of go in depth with the history of things. You have your John Pollock and Waitings that review everything, uh, and we try to just be a little different, you know, mix in a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, last last thing we'll touch on before uh, we we get to our interview with with Daphne this week is uh, Dave. Did you catch this week's episode of Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, was it the Dino Bravo one? Yes. Oh, listen, <laughs> yes, and I don't want to I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but like I remember when I was younger that I hated Dino Bravo. Like I was, and and not even like I hated him because he was a bad guy. I was like, get this guy off my TV. And they touch on it. It was because he had this really fake blonde hair. And I was like, that's not real blonde hair. This looks ridiculous. And so they talk about it. And I'm like, holy shit, that's why I hated the guy. You know, it just looked weird. Yeah, but, uh, they they show his the process. And they talk to his wife about having to bleach that hair. And whew. Yeah. Yes. And I will say, for you, for you guys that have been watching uh, Dark Side of the Ring along with us, um, the one thing that I'm always amazed by is, so, you know, a lot of the times the subjects are not with us anymore of these things. So they get like, uh, they get these actors, but they do kind of a dramatization in the shadows. So you kind of see a silhouette. These guys do a great job of getting like lookalikes of these wrestlers. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, they. they oh, like, that looks like Dito Bravo for real. Yeah, they, that's one of my favorite parts, and I know it's a lot of like Canadian-based wrestlers because they film in Canada. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm. I I remember them posting like snippets of like the Road Warriors episode, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like that, that's Animal and Hawk right there, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm really I'm really excited to see more of those, more so of those. Like I've gone back and I was rewatching some of the older ones because yeah, the Dino Bravo one was it's really good. And then once they you know once they get into the circumstances surrounding his untimely death. It's oh, just, it's, just it's like, like a crime. They should do a movie on that. Yeah, it was almost. I it, I almost felt similar to like watching the first episode of Tiger King, where you're kind of just like, yeah. okay, this is a story. I guess this is where. Huh? Wait, what? And then they hook you. It's yeah. like, what's going on now? Holy! So it's really good. And you know, I, I only bring it up because, uh, you know, this week's episode with uh, with our guest Daphne, she she brought it up. We I think we all together kind of just brought it up a few times, and uh, it's a very good show. You know, if if you've heard of things like, uh, you know, the trial of Jimmy Snuka or the history of um, the Montreal screw job, just different things throughout the world of wrestling. And you don't necessarily know all the details. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring is it's a good, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, they touch on a few subjects like I never knew the the circumstances surrounding the death of uh, uh, what's his name? Brody. Uh, Brody. I was going to say Brody. Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. Oh my god! After I watched it, I just fell down this rabbit hole. Like I was, you know, just, just reading so much about it. But yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's a good thing to watch. You know, very entertaining. And again, only about forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah, and like to me, like the good thing about all these is there's a lot of like uh, lore or like urban legend about a lot of these situations, and so a lot of that stuff perpetuates. But like. With these, it's a little bit investigative, I guess you could say, and uh, they get the actual people that knew the people, and so you know you can't get better accounts than that. So it's been really cool and really interesting to listen to. Yeah, and much like this week's interview, uh, very informative. Uh, which let's just go ahead and get to it. This week's interview is uh, with the Scream Queen Daphne. Uh, you know she's been very close friends with you dave you know as you can tell uh this week's yeah. episode it's uh it's a lot less me talking <laughs> uh yeah. but it was because like i was just, had a lot to say yeah yeah, yeah which, and listen like i was genuinely just sitting there a lot of the times forgetting that i was like recording because i'm just listening to her stories which are so like wonderfully told and yeah. i'm just like and then what happened uh-huh uh-huh uh yeah. Yeah, it was a very fun episode like i definitely think she's someone we're gonna bring back for a second part because Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was just there was a lot that we didn't get to talk about, which is fine, you know. Like that's, it's always fun, you know, talking to like we we were actually prior to to recording talking about uh, who we wanted to bring back on for a very very specific holiday themed episode, <laughs> uh, which we were like, oh, it'd be fitting to bring this person back for this specific holiday, um, but yeah, because sometimes you know we'll talk to our guests, uh, you know, and we're always whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's an hour, we're always happy with whatever time they give us, but Daphne's definitely someone we're going to have back uh, for a second time, for a second go around. Yeah, Daphne's awesome. She was very generous with her time. Uh, She did get a little emotional for some stuff, which is understandable, Um, but, you know, she gets really raw and she tells a lot of stories that, like, you know, a lot of people didn't get to hear, you know, from from her perspective. Uh, So, yeah, it was a great interview and uh, we were happy to have her. 
Yeah. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, get into this week's episode with uh, the Scream Queen herself, Daphne. This week's guest is a friend who added a certain goth flavor to the wrestling biz. She's won several championships over her crazy career, including holding the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. I feel like she was truly ahead of her time, and you can see her influence in many current women wrestlers all around the world to this day. She's been known by many nicknames, Lucy Fur, the Governor, the Goth Goddess, but I've been lucky enough to know her as my friend Shannon. So without further ado, here is the Scream Queen herself. Daphne. Daphne, how are you doing today? <laughs> like, I'm sitting here tearing up like, oh, that's the best <laughs> intro I've ever got. <laughs> See, Dave's Dave's a man of many words. Often, uh, Oftentimes, we'll, he'll sit here and just start talking, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I picked the perfect co-host because, you know, <laughs> he's so eloquent, and, you know, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I really enjoyed this book. I really liked it. And Dave will go on, a, you know, a 10-minute talk and just dissect it so beautifully use all these adjectives and you know i'll just be like yeah my wife's normally like will you pipe down sir and i'm just like yes i also very much enjoyed it but that was a that was a beautiful intro yeah we're very excited to have you uh it's it's a thing with dave and i where when we when we initially came up with like oh well who should we talk you were a name that came up and prior to you know covid shutting everything down uh, our thing was, oh, we'll you know we'll wait so we can talk in person because uh, you mentioned you know you mentioned a little bit beforehand you were a little nervous and that tends to be the case with most people where they get a little nervous us included you know especially with yeah. you know all the all these people in the the world of wrestling that we grew up watching that we're just like oh we get to talk to them now okay um, so but it, but it is you know it is. A little bit easier now, I guess, you know, that we're doing it essentially through a phone call because, uh, yeah, we finally figured it out. <laughs> finally figured it out, and we're like, oh, this is a lot less stressful than you know, than we thought it would, than we thought it would be. But, uh, well, yeah, and I'll... see, that it's, it's, um, it's Stank Dog, and like he said, like he's, I, like I said, I feel honored to call him a friend, you know, oh. like he's, he always checks on me, you know, um, I was telling D, my roommate, now, and my ride or die. I was like, uh, I was like, he just, I mean, you just do. And you're so sweet from the, from the get go. That's why I was like, I have got to send them all thank yous because everybody at Pro Wrestling Tees. I mean, I used to, I did modeling for the barbershop thing. I've known Ryan for so long. And then, but like, right when it started, and when I finally, like, I went away when I was finally coming back with design. You were just, you know, then gave me your personal cell phone number and they like, call me anytime. I was like, yeah. oh, that's so nice. Well, I, I so was really excited, actually, because it's yeah. you. And then I'm doing the one with Franny and it's Franny. So I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was really excited. Ryan's like, hey, do you want to do some uh, designs for Daphne? I was like, hell yeah. So, I mean, and then when I first talked to you, you were so sweet. And, you know, like a lot of times, I would say a lot of times, but there's sometimes when, you know, both uh, Berto and I, we've met wrestlers and sometimes, you know, sometimes they say, don't, you know, don't meet your heroes. And, and a lot of times they're standoffish and, you know, but, the, you know, talking to you, you're sweet, you're kind and very thoughtful. And I was like, oh, man, this is this is really awesome. So, um, yeah, when we made a list of people we wanted on the show, uh, I was like, oh, we got to get Daphne on here. So, we, like, we're happy we were able to make it happen. 
Um, but yeah, like, so interestingly enough, um, we reached out online and we said, Hey, if you got anything you want to say to Daphne, you know, let us know, email us. And we did get a certain guy. Uh, we'll just say he's an aspiring artist and he sent us, um, some of his artwork of you. And it was, it was a little interesting. I don't know if you saw it. <clears throat> I think he, um, he sent you some of it too. <laughs> I think I, I think I saw some of that. Yeah. Um, he's definitely, uh, an, uh, aspiring, I'd say. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, it's, you know, practice makes perfect. So just draw away, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Bert said, Oh, did you see these, these pictures that came in? And then they were getting racier and racier. But, yeah, uh, was, I was like, Oh, this is, this is exactly something that someone would send me at four in the morning because again, you know, <laughs> yeah. whenever, whenever I wake up in the morning, I was just, just check the emails, make sure, you know, there's, there's nothing, uh, I forgot about or anything, you know, and I, I see those that they were delivered at four in the morning and I thought, Huh. Sounds about right. And uh whatever you the listener at home is thinking, uh yes, it's it was probably something along those lines. Uh so, but I've know, never been drawn that way. And you know what? <laughs> well, I was, go ahead, David. I was joking with I was joking with Berto last week, you know, we, we were talking about getting a couch for our podcast office and uh I was like, Oh, maybe after hours I could paint paint you like one of my French girls. <laughs> and that's pretty much what this guy did but uh yeah oh well very strange i, I guess that comes with the territory oh. yeah you know um yeah i don't even know <laughs> i just yeah. kind of I'm like i'm like okay uh next you know and just kind of just that sort of thing um i remember uh on twitter years ago um because i was like i've had my twitter account since like 2008 i think you know and i'm still not verified it's so stupid but whatever uh, but i've had it that long and i remember i don't know um it was probably when i had my concussions but i remember watching a documentary and it was like a whale's penis is called a dork and i'm like no way and i'm like that's so funny and so then I just like ran when I looked that up, it was like different animals that with their penis was named. And of course I've been hitting the head with tables and ladders and chairs. Oh my. And so it's like, I can't quite remember. Like there was a giraffe one and something else. And it was like how long. And, and uh, I remember one of my buddies texted me. I think it was Christopher Daniels. He was like, what is the deal with the penis thing? And I'm like, I just think it's funny. You know, he's like, oh, okay, I understand. So I did it on a Wednesday, and I did hashtag Wang Wednesday. Um, and I got so many penis pics. <laughs> just hashtag Here's my way. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, why, why did I do that? Uh, but oh, well. And I, I mean, I just didn't even bother to block those people. I You know, I'm like, oh, well. See, funny enough, so. I was, uh, I was inf- infamously... Uh, one of uh, Joy Ryan's penis druids at All In, and uh, like I posted the photos. I was like, "Yeah, I was one of these guys," and you know, with the with the wait, inter- you were one of his what? So at uh, at All In, he had uh, twelve or it was about ten, twelve of us come out as um, in inflatable penis costumes, uh, and he called us penis druids. And it was very similar. It was kind of like the Undertaker's oh. entrance. Yeah, because <laughs> it was the whole storyline with him leading up to it was uh, Hangman Page, you know, killed him in storyline. 
and he he came back very similar to how the Undertaker would, except the Undertaker had uh, you know normal druids carrying torches, and Joey Ryan instead had uh, about ten or twelve of us in inflatable penis costumes, and uh, yeah, for the like for the longest. Uh, whenever we would have like autograph signings here at the store, because again, because Ryan posted the picture of me on his Instagram, and everyone was like, "Oh, hey, you know, it's, that's the guy. He was like the, the penis druid." Uh, whenever we would have like events here at the store, and people would kind of you know recognize me, it would just, "Oh, hey, uh, don't be a dick, ha ha ha," just jokes <laughs> like that, and it was just like, <sighs> "Yep, uh huh, I get it. I was wow. one of those guys." And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people have forgotten about it, but occasionally it'll just be like, a, it'll be an interesting story to tell. You know, like I, uh, I yeah. again, um, reprised my role as uh, the penis druid at a uh, at a wrestling show around here. My buddy owns a wrestling show. He had someone come out uh, as Joey Ryan. So I accompanied him as uh, said penis druid in that costume. And um, months later, I, I go on a date with a girl and uh you know, we're we're just sitting there talking, and she's like, "I just I have to bring this up. I just I gotta know." She's like, "Were you dressed in a inflatable penis costume at a wrestling show? Like, you know, at, back in like October or something?" I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "Okay." She goes, "I had two separate friends who were at that show, and when I told them I was going on a date with you, that was the one thing they had to tell me about you. They they saw you at a wrestling show dressed as an inflatable penis, and I didn't believe them. And I was like, "No, that that is one hundred percent true." Um, which is always like a fun way, you know, to, it's a, it's a nice icebreaker for, for a date. Maybe we should do a Wang Wednesday on our Twitter, get some Twitter engagement. <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I just, I don't recommend it. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't. And, and so, you know, I guess, uh, you have to know the whole backstory with Joey Ryan and I, my Joey Ryan, I'm known him for so freaking long i've known him when i met him i was going to minnesota to see i was working for i think it was heavy on wrestling was his name was dave sabic he was really nice it was great going there and it was in uh wisconsin or something wherever they do first wrestling now it's kind of like that area wherever Cannon's from. And I used to go there a lot and see him and uh, um, Ryan and Darren. God, Ryan. What's his name? See, this is killing me. It was so long ago, and I used to be on the tip of my tongue. Um, but then one time I came down the escalator, my bags, and there was Joey Ryan, and he had this handwritten sign that just said Daphne. And he looked all shy and, uh, you know, and he was very young and he was just like, Oh, and I was like, that's so funny. And I was like, this guy's going to be a superstar. And I had the original Joey Ryan shirt with the pale blue with the silhouette of him. And who wants a mustache ride? And <laughs> you know, and then you st- you saw him evolve and every, anytime you would get like a TV spot or do anything, I'd, I'd just be like, fuck yeah. People, you know, um, I, but, um, Berto, I'm going to be like Berto. Um, I don't really watch the current product. It's kind of so like, oh, it's so cool to hear that. Like, I didn't even know that happened, you know? And, um, I'm Facebook friends with them. And like, that's how I keep in touch with like people, like people that are more than just coworkers, people that I was friends with. That right. I still talk to, but as far as watching their stuff on TV, I can't. I can't do it. It's 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 still it hurts. 
it just hurts me. It's like, it's like a trigger and I just cry or yeah, for real. I don't think it'll ever go away. Um, I watched the dark side of the ring and when I was coming up, I watched the Lula one first, of course. (laughs) And, um, when I was coming up and I got my hands on Malaya Hosaka when I was training at Dusty Rhodes School after WCW. And then, luckily enough, you know, in comes Leilani Guy. And then I meet Judy Green. And uh, then I meet Lexi Fife. Uh, then I'm leaving, if I leave anybody out, oh my God, I'm uh, Diana Hoffman. Uh, there was one that, that, like, the referee was about to come over and was about to feel me up and she stepped in between and I just I watched so much classic women's wrestling my favorite of all time was Princess Victoria and I would ask these legends I'd say yeah I, I you know I just I always loved Princess Victoria her war dance she'd get all fired up I'm like whatever happened to her and um you know people some people didn't, didn't really know and uh Patty Leilani was like yeah I think she she like lives like she doesn't really have anything to do with wrestling and da 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 da, and then hearing what happened to her on Dark Side of the Ring, how her neck got broken, my neck got yeah. broken, and like I did a photo shoot with my hair in braids and homage to her, but I sent her a Facebook friend request and she accepted it, <laughs> and um, I I like had I was like fangirling, I'm like oh my god, like Berta, like what you're saying about mm-hmm. how you get excited, you know? I I mean this was my Oh my God! Now, like I have to say, my favorite. They say, "Who's your favorite female?" I think AK is like she is the total package, and like not Alex Luger, but like she's Mrs. Perfect. Like Mr. Perfect's my favorite, probably my favorite male wrestler of all time, and she's she's like come so far that she surpassed people already, you know, in her career. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so but it, what you know, Princess Victoria is like what I. I, Malaya Hosaka just gave me all these VHS tapes. So I was watching all this of Wendy Richter, you know, everybody. And um, it was just to, to see her personality and like how gravelly her voice is and how gravelly my voice has got. And then she's telling the story about getting her neck uh, when her neck was broken. And she's like, um, uh, her dog's barked and you saw her and she goes, shut up. And then she like turned around and then she got her composure and then she told the story. Now I was bawling. And um, so I've, I wrote a little comment and told her that I really admired her. And that's kind of cool. I mean, she was, I don't know if she even knows who I am, but uh, it's cool to be Facebook friends with her. <laughs> but anyway, all that ties back around to Joey Ryan. And um, it's just, you know, there's. Uh, certain people like Shane, Sugar Shane, and you know Franny, and uh, but uh, even my friends that are on TV right now that I stay in touch with, uh, they know I can't watch them, but I'm watching in my soul. I'm, I'm rooting them on in my heart. <laughs> so it's hard, I'll tell you. Well, kind of touching on like what you said, you know, where you just, oh my God, here's this wrestler that. I- one of my favorites let me send them a friend request see if they accept i think that's one of the positives of social media that's you know it's brought us together like uh stank dog and i we had the opportunity to interview vicky guerrero uh, a couple months ago and oh yeah eddie guerrero awesome. you know eddie guerrero uh, was my favorite 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, Eddie I had to. Had to. Had yeah. to. Sorry. No, no, no. no you're big, fine. I, I've never, I've only met her once, but I'm a huge fan. And I know Franny loves her. Um, as good friends with, with like they got along like house on fire. So yeah, so you've had Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, but you know, so we you know, we met her and she was just the nicest person because again, Eddie was my favorite. And then after Eddie was gone, she became just like my favorite character. You know, like excuse mm-hmm. me, oh, it, was, it was the best. She was just just being mm-hmm. obnoxious and all oh, people hated her, but she was the sweetest person to us and. Uh, afterwards, I I was like, oh, you know what? Let me, let me, I'll follow her on on Instagram, and like she follows me back, and it's kind of like the same thing where every now and then you know, oh, hey, hope you know, hope you and the family are well, and you know, she, yeah, thanks, same as well, and, and like it's just so weird to me that like if I would have told myself as a child like, hey, you, Vicky Guerrero, you know, excuse me, she's yelling every night on Monday Night Raw, like you guys are gonna be friends on on the internet, and you know, you'll check check in on each other, and it's just. It's like such a weird thing because again, social media wasn't what it is now. But I very much think it's one of the positives that it brings people together, especially, uh, you know, like it, it. It's something where I don't think that necessarily would have been a thing. Maybe you know, if you go to the same town over and over, it's like, oh, hey, this is this person comes to the same show all the time. But now it's very much easier to keep, and you might be able to talk about it a little bit more be able to keep in touch with all your fans who you know aren't able to i mean you, you no longer wrestle but uh there's a lot of wrestlers who they're able to oh yeah when i go to this town you know there's this group of people who i know they're going to be there and uh you know even if you're not sure oh man or is anyone going to show up well you can at least count on you know these 10 15 people that are tweeting at you letting you know hey i will be there i will be there Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you just have to kind of roll the dice. I mean, I, I came from the era of uh, dial-up, and I absolutely, I mean, I when I graduated from college, we still had to hand in a printed-out paper, go to class in it, you know? So we didn't even, I think the year after I graduated, they started making it mandatory for students to have an email Um, Mine was like the last year, but there was kind of, you could get it around it. I fought it for as long as I could, but then you had to dial up. I'm like, why do people want to go on the internet? I was like, it's so freaking, you know, you click <laughs> on something and sit there and wait. A total waste of time. But when I got into wrestling and stuff, I I, um, I think my daddy said, like, have you, have you seen if there anybody says anything on the internet? Because my dad worked for Tandem, Oracle, and Apple. So he would all be, hey, I'd, and I was like, okay. And bam, there was like, I was like, there's a fan site? What? Like, it was just like the first time someone asked me for my autograph. I was like, oh, how would Daphne, I don't know how to spell it, but I'm like, how would Daphne sign her name? I don't know. That's weird. Uh, like, you know, I didn't, I really honestly didn't understand. And Crowbar was like, autograph. I swear to God. He probably doesn't remember, but for me, it was just so weird. Um, but anyway. See, I just went off on like five tangents. That's what happens. Got to bring well, me back, stank dog. Where I well, well, we we spoke earlier, and uh, so you told me to ask you, what does Piro mean to you? Oh yes. See, this is why. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad. See, this is why I had you take the notes because I was yeah. like, I want you to pick the ones. I gave you so many to choose from. I'm like, you pick the ones yeah. that I'll go up on twenty tangents on. Okay, so. 
there is this fun WEW shout out to all my WEW girls. I mean, everybody worked there. And the deal with them is it was women's extreme wrestling, but it was women's exotic wrestling. So it's this, it's on, I mean, if I took a picture of it on the guide and sent it to D, and uh, I was like, look, it's still on pay-per-view. And it's basically like they'll show a two girls together, like under a waterfall. It's literally like softcore porn. Like, but they're <laughs> outside, outside. No, I'm serious. They're yeah. outside um, or in a hotel room or in some sort of romantic set or whatever it is. But it's usually, girls or whatever. And then cut to ECW Arena, and that's where we tape. So, like, the, some of the stripper girls tried to do a little bit of wrestling, and we put the kibosh on that because we were like, look, they're going to hurt us. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want, you know, it's just not safe. And so they let us, and pretty much, like, Franny was the commissioner, and, you know, they kind of gave a lot of us free reign. Cindy Bobcat, uh, Amy Lee, um, and we both, the three of us, were actually for real bridesmaids in Franny's wedding, and we did a bridesmaid uh, match where we had to rip off each other's bridesmaids dress, and I was watching that again, I'm like, and I won! I was like, wait, wow, well, I don't remember what happens. But I, they were the ugliest rides. They were like this puke green. And we were all making fun of Franny. Like, what the hell? We're like, we're going to rip these up. So anyway, that's kind of the premise of the company. So, I mean, I did a blindfold match with Ty Killer Weed. And our referee was Stevie Wonderful. And he was blind. I mean, okay, I could go on and on with the type of shit that we did. So we had a weapons match. And it was the Minnesota Home Wrecking Crew. Lacey and Rain, shout out Lacey Face, Love Bon Bon. And I was their manager. And I even think that's when I had like the two black eyes from getting a bad headbutt from, oh, I won't say. And, um, <laughs> and then on the other team, it was Annie Social, shout out to Nancy. I always wish I, we hung out more. I, 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 she's such a sweet lady. And then Sumi Sukai. And then their manager was SoCal Val. Love you, Val. Luffy. And I love Sumi so much. So we're going through, and as of when I'm managing, I always need to know, like, okay, if I'm going to come in and hit you with this, uh, what's my cue? And where, you know, uh, where do I need to be? What side of the ring, you know? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, all right, well, wherever you are, I'll make sure I'm there. And in those weapons match, there was, like, little tiny American flags and, like, all these little stupid props because we did just stupid shit. So there was going to be, like, this little fight part, and I'm like, okay, sue me. And she goes, okay, that me. Okay, so pure, 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 then that's up. And I was like, pure, uh, pure, uh, you know, pure, pure. I go, I'm so sorry, sue me. I, I didn't want to insult her because she, I mean, she can speak two languages. She's like, uh, I said, I don't know what the Piro spot is. And she goes, oh, you know, Piro, go to street, Piro. And we <laughs> fucking pushed it. And we were laughing so hard. And she was laughing. She was like, because we were like, Piro, ha, ha, ha. I mean, we did a segment where she, when I'll have to, I'm going to talk about this on Franny's show, but when we did a segment where she came in and went, pa, and then ran out like she was so cool about stuff she didn't take it like we were we loved her you know what i mean right so it was just and so years later 
um, at WrestleCon when they had the Women of Honor title, um, and she won. You know, the last the, I went out, they wanted Ring of Honor. And you t- I talked to Hunter, and he's like, "We want Ring, Ring of Honor uh, alumni ringside." And so I thought there was going to be more girls there, uh, but it was just me. And I tripped on the ramp because I haven't been in front of that many people in I don't know how long. So um, I'm, you know, I'm watching the match, and I think the finish got messed up somehow. I can't remember, but Sumi won, and Kelly, God bless her, she's real so good, and it just it, it was a good match. Um, but something kind of flubbed, and I, I think Kelly hit her head. But I, we knew Sumi was going to win. She had told me and Franny the day before. She's like, "No, I know when." And we were, and then I got to the building. I was like, "You liar! You favor!" So she wins, and I mean, I'm crying, and like through the match, all the girls came out. Um, I I'm, I don't know if y'all saw that pay per view. Um, the girls came out in in the shirts, and were just standing around the ring. And when she won, and she got the belt, she put it up, and she turned around, and she came straight to me first. And I'm not even I haven't been there in so long. I re- I was there. Second City Saints, like right when I, you know, to oh three, and yeah. um, uh, so I was just so touched, the respect, you know. And then we got, I got in the ring, and I haven't done that in forever, and um, it was just so awesome. So it kind of came around it, and um, so the reason why I had it, like, I'm so glad because it it came full circle in, in the in the dressing room. You know, there was other Japanese and uh, girls on in the tournament. And they were in the locker room, and Sumi comes over. She goes, "Piro, you tell, you tell." So <laughs> I would be like, "Okay, so no, I swear to God, this happened." So I would, I would like tell the story, and then she would translate. But I'm so animated when I talk. You've never met me in person, Snake Dog. When I talk, I work no. with my hands and my face, and everything. so I'm telling this, and then I get to Piro, Piro, and they are just laughing. And then she's like, oh, what was the other one she wanted to tell? Oh, she goes, oh, shimmy, you tell, you tell. I go, shimmy, you tell. Oh, what? what are you saying? She goes, you know shimmy. And she did the shimmy. And I go, oh, kick shimmy. And she's like, yes, you tell, you tell. <laughs> and that's a whole other WEW experience where we would kick shimmy uh, and kick um, 50. Uh, Sally O'Malley, I'm showing my age. It's Molly Shannon <laughs> on SNL. <laughs> and I'm like, when I'm 50, I want to be able to kick. Trip. So we and actually kid. would do that ringside and we'd do it in the hotel afterwards when we would party and stuff. So she did that in the locker room and I was just it was just so cool how she it was exciting for to tell these young girls about the times we had like a decade before. <laughs> you know. Well it's um, cool that and, she remembered that and then, you know, shared that moment with you. Oh yeah, yeah. We and when I found when I found her on social media again, because I'm like have just gone off the grid for so long, and then I'll like pop up and be like, "What's going on?" and pop back down like a turtle. Um, when we found each other, we you know we we communicate that way. You know, we we uh, and if I see something sweet, that I'm like, "Oh hi!" So and I think we're Facebook. Yeah, we're Facebook friends too. I talk to like people that, like I said, are my friends more on Facebook and then social media can just get depressing. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, but there are a lot of people that I've met through there from even the message boards back in the day. I, there are people that I'm still friends with today that were on the, 
like Katie Stifler and Lila and shout out to all the ODFs and LJ. And I mean, there's Malika. Those are people that were in 99 and 2000. And I said, can you make this my official fan page? And um, so she was like, oh my God. So we would do like a chat on like a Friday night and I'd go and I'd be like, hey, what's up, y'all? And because I thought it was cool. That was the only time I ever really used the computer. And I sent Katie and Lila like graduation cards when they graduated from high school. And when I did a show in Indiana, they came and like we hung out. I mean, how we met was Tony Schiavone was like, do you have any eight by tens? And I was like, yeah, because you would make two girls day if you went out and gave them some eight by tens. And I went out there and had signs and they had their hair all done up like me. And they, they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And we took all these pictures and then we became friends. I mean, so they, God, oh, we, I mean, we have our night with Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brian Knobs uh, story that we just, that night was so crazy. That day was whole crazy because Daphne was on that show and Shark Girl was on that show. Wait, well, there's there's a rumor that you are a shark girl. Yeah, she's like my really good friend, and so it was like. But you're was, you are a shark girl. We both. Well, I've wrestled shark girl. That is true. Yeah, a volcano girls. Ian Rotten, yeah, shout out. I love Ian. Yeah, um, I think that was the show that Mickey Knuckles broke uh, her leg when she was wrestling Sarah Del Rey. That was crazy. I mean, I saw it break. I was doing commentary for the match. I saw it break. I was, I was like, I was like, no, dude, she's hurt. It was crazy. Oh, poor but thing. The, that's the one thing. Like, I'll watch a lot of like really gross stuff on the internet. I cannot watch people's bones breaking. Oh, that really makes me cringe so hard. I didn't. I never watched the footage back. I could because I, I saw it. I saw it happen, and I just went into like i don't have any kids but i just went into like mom mode um because you know i love ian he's always been good to me and um you know mickey was just been there that's where she trained and i knew they were he so he was really freaking out and and i'm going all right got the amateur on the way all right guys well the show's over so all right let's start breaking down the ring meanwhile i have mickey in my lap and i'm holding on to her i'm going all right honey nope you're staying with me we're good we got this going on they're on their way. We're all good. And we just kept her, like, you know, um, awake or whatever. And she was, she had just got signed to TNA. Yeah, that's right. My heart broke for her. Yeah. But, and so then I got, I drove the ring truck. Ian was shaking. So I drove the ring truck with the ring to the hospital and parked it, like, way over. And we all went to the hospital and went in to see her. And then we were like, okay. And I think I pulled an all-nighter and then I got on my plane. But, yeah, that was a crazy. That was crazy. So. Well, you, you mentioned happened. earlier you mentioned earlier that you were watching The Dark Side of the Ring. And, uh, like, one of my favorite episodes was uh, The Match Made in Heaven. I think that's kind of the one that, like, everyone was really looking forward to. The Randy Savage and... Uh, Miss Elizabeth one, and I know you were friends with Miss Elizabeth. Uh, do you have any stories you could tell about her? Or yeah, that one, um, that one really stung. And, that and the Moolah one stung. The Moolah one stung because I saw Princess Victoria, 
And I was just like, oh, my God. And also, opening up the episode was Bambi. Who I tr- Bambi and I have been up and down the road. She's, I mean, here she's still got her mullet. She's so damn right now. I, I, we would, when I'd, I'd be, hey, motherfucker. And that was like our greeting to each other. It was like out of like sister. Like, hey, motherfucker. And I'd go pick her up. And um, we would like, we even did a, um, we would like do the loop. And it would be Malaya and Brandywine and then me and Bambi. And me and Bambi, she go, she's Selena Majors. You know, she does wow. And mm-hmm. she's an amazing human. I love her. But that, Malaya would always put us together because we would smoke and uh, weed, not cigarettes. And they didn't smoke. So, you know, but then uh, they would tag and me and Brandy Wine would tag. And we just, I, I learned so much. I mean, that was back in the day where I'd bring my VHS and tape all the matches and study. And um, so that was cool because like i saw bambi and it was so good to see her and and it it pulled and then i'm like okay and i didn't really didn't really register to me how hard it was gonna be um i mean i've been pretty i mean not that i ever really have a big platform but when i've got interviews you know i've had to work with eric bischoff in wcw and in tna Mm -hmm. and um, i've never i've never had a good experience with the man and and um and so when I saw that he was telling her story, um, I'm like, he wasn't even there at the end, you know. And then um, Bruce Pritchard, um, I don't think I've ever met the man, but for some reason he doesn't like me. Um, and he like has, has said some very insulting, hurtful things. And I'm like, I've never met you, dude. Um, and that's been from a long time ago. So then I'm like, well, then, then if you're going to say those things about me, then what does that say about you? You know, and then I, I saw them interviewing Scott. Uh, and Scott has always been nice to me, but I'm like, he wasn't there at the end either. And Bruce wasn't even working there. So, like, what, why are they talking about Liz's last days? I mean, they literally went from, okay, they got divorced. They had been divorced six or years or so. Then Brandy got her the job. Or Randy got a job. She was already working there. Or I can't remember the the order it went in. But I just remember her contract was, even though she was who she was, they weren't paying her, you know, what they used to pay her. So uh, then she didn't have really anybody. And then they say, oh, she's dating Lex. And Linda Hogan says, I warned her, like, no, that's not a good idea. But, I mean, I live in Atlanta. And me and my ex-husband, Rich, would go over and work out there at main event at Lex and Sting's gym main event and in Marietta. And I would go and work out with Miss Liz and Rich would go work out with Lex and the band and everybody. And um, we would go to lunch sometimes and stuff. And then, um, and she just lived in the apartment with Lex there. And then I guess Lex had his house in Lawrenceville with his wife and his kids. Right. I don't know. I just, I just, and, and and I mean, I think it's pretty much common knowledge, you know, especially after watching that. I don't know if people know specifically that. I mean, that apartment, I mean, she had it for years. He, that's where he like, kept her. And, right. but it was like, they went from that to the 911 call. And then they went to, yeah, she's, uh, Scott Hall says, you have to think about it. She really is the first lady of wrestling because she was the first lady to really make it and all of fame and without 
ever having a match. And I felt like an arrow went through my heart. I was like, yes, she did. And that was with me. And it makes me so emotional because she was terrified. She called, she called me and she's like, Dad, can you please come up to the power plant? Lex is coming and will you just walk through it? I'm so, and they made her do that. It was a shoot storyline. She did not want to wrestle. She did. She was terrible. She had never done anything. And I mean, she was literally shaking it when we're just even practicing. And she's all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry. And she would be like, if I don't do this, they're going to like, I won't have a contract. They're going to, it'll be breach of contract. And so I have to do this. And, um, I just felt for her. And I made that tank top that said, Liz will die. And I gave it to a dear friend because I couldn't even look at it anymore. So I already had like all these feelings about her. And then them saying that, I'm like, no, you don't understand what they put her through. And that, and they took away her evening gown. They put her in camo pants and a black t-shirt, took away her, she couldn't do her hair. And, um, it was terrifying for her. And then, um, so when we did it live, you know, we just only had a little bit. She didn't get to really practice with Medusa. And she was so terrified because she hadn't been able to like even go through anything with her. And you really had to treat Miss Liz with kid gloves. So when I come running in and go around and then I scream at her and she slapped me, she's I, that it's a gift. I believe you, she slapped me so hard. I spent all the way around and I couldn't chew or like close my jaw for like, like all the way. Well, it hurt really bad. You know, like, uh, yeah. for like two weeks and she couldn't stop apologizing. I'm so sorry. But I mean, I saw her cry and then she had to wrestle Rhonda Singh. And then I believe she had a cage match with Medusa. She Wrestled Medusa, I can't quite remember. I just remember she was broken then. You know, that, that for them to say, oh, well, then Lex pushed all these pills. I was like, no, it, that's, you know, I mean, yes, Lex was handing her the pills. And right. She weighs a, a buck 15, you know, or whatever. But she was, a, she left there a broken woman. And well, uh, it's, I, it's just I, so I weird how they portrayed her, you know? toward the end like you always have this image of her you know in wwf at the time you know gowns just pristine princess like and then at the end they just kind of treated her like trash you know <laughs> which sucks was, uh, you know I, you know how people i know where i was when line 9 11 was i know where i was when kennedy got shot i know exactly where i was when i found out she died and um, I was driving home from Philly from a Ring of Honor show. Uh, I mean, it was like, I don't know, up to Atlanta. And um, my ex-husband called me and he says, he's like, Shan, uh, are you driving? I was like, yeah. He goes, you need to pull over. And I was like, why? He goes, Let's pull over. And he said, Liz Don. And I just, I screamed so loud. I was like, no. And, um, I had just, I, that's right when my bipolar hit. And I was so manic and I, I hadn't kept in good touch with her. And I just, oh, I, I got it. 
that one really got me. And I wish that they would have at least taken a little bit of responsibility. Like, well, then she had to do this. And she did have matches. And I wish, I mean, the, the producers of the show, I think it's awesome what they're doing and, and, and explaining things behind the scenes and how shady it can be. But tell the whole story. And, like, it doesn't take much research to go, Liz had her first match with Daphne. You know, let, let's discuss it. And um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times women, especially our voices, get stifled. I mean, look at the podcasts and things and related to, like, how many women are doing them. Like, I know there's Franny, and then I know there's a bunch under the Russo brand. But think about all the big ones, <laughs> you know. Franny's is getting there. I can't wait to do it. So also, I didn't mean that as a knock on her, but it's just, even though there's a woman's revolution, I feel like it's it's still an old boys club. Yeah, so. I mean, to, to a certain extent, yeah. I, I think we're starting to see more women start to come out and do some podcasts. Like, you know, there's Lillian Garcia, who was, uh, you know, the ring announcer for WWE for so long. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah Lita's so doing nice. one. Vicky's yeah, Lita's doing one. Yeah, Vicky Guerrero just started one. Um, so oh. I think I think we're finally starting to see women get a little more confidence and say, you know what, I got to – I mean, we mentioned Vicky earlier. Um, when we spoke with her, she said, you know, for the longest time, I, it was just, you know, Eddie was out front and I would I would fix his gear and I would go with him and, I, you know, we would uh, I would take care of the behind-the-scenes stuff and then – you know, once Eddie passed, she said, I just had a really hard time finding my voice, you know, and then finally she hit on that character and it was great for her. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're starting to see the tides change a little bit, but, uh, yeah, we definitely should have more women's perspective, I think in, in wrestling, especially like with the podcast scene, they've probably seen the wackiest stuff back backstage. So, um, well, yeah. I mean, we have there's so many stories about the girls, and yeah. um, it's so that's good. I don't really, I don't know, if I do an interview, I'll listen to it because I want to hear how dumb I sound or make sure I don't <laughs> sound too dumb. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I definitely feel like uh, times are changing, and it's awesome, and it's it just another thing that stings. I go, wow, I wish I was to uh, start, you know, ten years younger, and I could still be doing this because I, I love it. I love, um, like I said, I don't know much of the current product, but a couple years ago, I came back and I did a couple seminars, and um, so I kind of tried to watch a little bit. And I remember watching Jamie Senegal and going, oh, my God. It, uh, and I just followed him. And baby doll. And you don't know. And so then I went up there and I did a seminar. And then he came later and he was wrestling a girl. I was filming. And there was a bad snowstorm. And a lot of we were scrambling around. So I was trying to watch all the people that were in my seminar, their matches, and also do what I had to do and. So Jamie, I came in and I was like, it's nice to meet you and I need your help with my makeup because <laughs> I didn't make it so long and I was such a fan and, um, and she was just, see, and so I go back and forth saying she and he, and uh, he doesn't care. Um, I love you, honey. And I know that he'll listen to this. Um, and 
then like something else got messed up on my necklace and he helped me with that. So then I'm listening to the match and they were calling it and he just looked over and he grabbed my hands. He goes, can I just tell you that I had a poster of you on my wall growing up? (laughs) I started crying. I was like, oh my God, you did. (laughs) And I was like, I think you're so cool. And then I'm watching their match and his music hit and it was White Zombie. And I was like, I knew I fucking loved you. And he calls me and Sue Young, his mom. We're his wrestling moms. We gave birth to him. So, but he was born fully grown, so it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I think like when people really started noticing you, uh, and noticing like what a great character you were, it was kind of right around the time you were teaming with Crowbar and David Flair. I mean, what what mm-hmm. was that like being uh, uh, being with those two guys? I mean, like I I've worked with uh, I've worked with Rick a little bit and like his daughter Megan. And, uh, you know, I mentioned, I was like, oh, I was like, I, I know Daphne. She's like, oh, David loved working with her. So like, what was it like from your side? I, I, he was very nice. I liked working with him, but I feel like he got thrown in the deep end of the pool with a bunch of sharks. Well, especially with his dad, who he is. (laughs) He, if I remember correctly and you know, I could be wrong. Don't quote me, but I believe he was going to. A community college or he was like in his first and second year of, of a college and I believe he was playing football and they reached out to him and they were like do you want to make like whatever amount of money and come be on national television with your dad and so he's like yeah and I mean I met him when he was 20 and then Rick invited me to he had like a private like 21st birthday party and there's a picture of that from my camera I don't know if it's on the internet I have of him with a cake and cakes Daisy um, kissing one cheek and me, like his real life girlfriend and then his fake girlfriend. Um, and, you know, so Rick and Rick was always so nice to me. Um, he, like, usually you get back to the hotel, like Nitro, we'd all stay in the hotel, same hotel. And then the hotel bar would stay open. You get there and it was either Take Abbott or Rick Flair was always first to the bar. And so I go in, I'm like third. And Rick's like, Daphne, come over here and take a ride on it. He goes, I can't say that to you. You're like a daughter. And he's like, I just want to thank you for everything you've done to help David. And um, and I was like, oh, I mean, he's such a nice guy. Um, but you could just always feel the anxiety. Like, there was so much pressure on the poor man. And, um, you know, and then it was awesome because Crowbar, Chris Biz, who I'm still dear friends with, this day and his lovely wife Dina and their kids their two kids um they're they're just they're like the definition of the all-american just crowbar went to mass every week when he went home I mean he was just this I was so lucky to be paired with him the both of us were and so crowbar was just so giving and so sweet and he would you know he would just talk with David and he knew David's strength so like he had an amazing vertical suplex so Crowbar okay got in get that suplex right and he knew where to put it and you know stuff and then him himself was amazing I mean he's doing springboard moonsaults to the outside back then and then and look how his size you yeah. know um so it was I was very blessed because also they were both so unselfish as well as the agents and stuff because they saw how eager I was to do more and how 
part. I mean, I'm going to the power plant on my days off. I didn't even ask for, I was like, can I go to the power plant? And they're like, do you, it's like 30 minutes from my house. It was in Smyrna. And they're like, you have to sign a waiver. And I was like, okay. And then I started going and I would stay all day. And um, they, they peep the, you know, JJ, Terry Taylor, you know, they'd come on, they'd come and walk through and they'd see me working hard. And I didn't ask for a dime, you know? So when it came down to put the matches together, you know, we'd be like, okay, well, what's staff spot? And everybody was all in with what my spot was going to be. And they, you know, gave me so many opportunities. And um, it was cool because it was like I was doing that. And it's, it's like right at the same time Lita was, you know, so came out with S.A. Rios. And um, so I'd, I was like, wow, we kind of do the same thing, uh, you know. And then she went on to, I know that she was a wrestler before, um, right. you know, but like just letting the girls do some high spots. It was just, it, it got a pop every time. And we get to the back and they'd be like, good job, Daphne, and pull for the match. And then always just, I'd be like, oh, sure, thanks, guys. You know, so um, we all, you know, then it would always be, I got the free rental car because I had my agent negotiate my contract. So I had the hotel room and the rental car. So I'm in line at the rental car and Crowbar's like, you have a, they give you, you get a car. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, can I ride with you? And I was like, sure. And, you know, very early on. And then Shane, Chuck Shane, he's like, he's like, dude, did you get a car? And I'm like, yeah. So I always had them with me. Um, like, and it was awesome because we were the Diz, Chris Biz, and the Shiz. And um, then my hotel room, I would always get like two big double beds and we'd get cots. And I'd let the boys crash in there because otherwise I'd have to pay for a room. Right. You know? So I think that's another reason why I was able to get more opportunities there. It's just kind of like I fit in. I always was like one of the boys growing up. Um, a little hood here in Norcross. We were NIM and we had our little, you know, posse um back then and uh I, well, sometimes it was just me and all the all the dudes so um i think that also helped to my advantage which takes me to the ribs oh yeah you want you... segue because because all of that popped in my head real quick and i'm like okay we've been i'm like looking at the time and i'm like okay try to get in some stuff but <laughs> don't overdo it shannon leave them wanting more um so yeah yeah you had a special ribs <laughs> Well, I have I have the whole thing leading up to it because my first rib that was I was ribbed was in WCW and I had only been there about three or four months. Um, but I had I always even when I was in high school and stuff, I always carried around one of those disposable cameras with the flash that you could charge. Mm -hmm. And I mean that's where I have all these photos from back then. You know, Three Count and Tank and Norman and, you know, Hacksaw, everybody, you know. Um, I'm leaving everybody. But, I mean, I just – and I'd go and I'd be – and I'd go, oh, can I take a break? And they wouldn't ever mind. Um, I didn't have anybody really call me a mark or anything, you know. It was cool. And, um, so, you know, um, so I was intimidated by Kevin Nash. Not because he was a jerk, but he was just so tall. And I don't find, like, wrestlers, you know, whatever, but he was an attractive man, you know? Right. And he's just this presence. He just... He's he, big sexy. He this, and he, exactly. <laughs> and I would, I'd be like, hello, Mr. Nash. And I, like, wouldn't he? i just bow my head, and I could barely make eye contact. And I'd be like, nice to see you. And he's, hello. 
you know. So I never like that made any small talk with him or anything. But he would always start, you know, I would make sure I would go to him and shake his hand. So um, it was when we were doing our thing with the NWO, which I got spray painted by the NWO. So that was cool. And so it wasn't that match, but it was like schmoz with all of them at the end. And David and Chris Biz are getting beat up and Nash is going to be on David. And they're like, all right, Daphne, you need to slide it and you need to blow, blow him from the back and then grab David and then powder gas. You guys get out. Go to the back. I'm like, okay. Shit. And like, I knew that, you know, you need to kind of go to the side. You, know, you got to be careful. Um, you know, it's very important. And so I go over to him and I'm like, um, excuse me, Mr. Nash. I was like, can yeah, I know my spot? I was like, is there anything, you know, a cue or anything? And um, he's just like, nope. And I said, okay, well, you know, I know to like go to the side. So anything else? And he's like, nope. I was like, okay, thank you, sir. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and I told him this story years later, and he was like, I, yeah, of course, yeah, I can see myself doing that. But so I I nutted him, and he, he cinched his legs together so tight that he had my arm, and he like did timber, and he fell down, and he took me with him. And my, my leg was like pinned between it, my, my leg, my arm was pinned between his legs. So I'm going, oh. Fuck, I nutted him. I nutted him. He's pissed. Oh, shit. I'm shitting my pants. And finally, he lets me go. And I grab David. And then I get back to him. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I go. Um, finally, I wait. I let them all talk. I'm standing kind of like all the people talking in a circle. And I would just like have be like a half step, <laughs> you know, just show respect to all the guys. And I waited. And then I went over to him. And I was like, oh, Mr. Nash, I'm so sorry. Did I Did I hit you too hard? And he stood there and he had the stone face. And then all of a sudden he goes, I took you down with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I busted out laughing. I was like, oh my God, I thought you were mad. Blah, blah. And then I just turned into myself because it was funny. And the boy saw that I could take a rib. And then, you know, it was like, oh, Dask, she's one of the boys. I was the best wingman. We'd go in the bar and be like, all right, who do you want? And I'd go over to the chick and be like, hey, man, you know, my, my friend wants to buy you a drink. And, and they'd be like, daft, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was my first that was ribbed on me. So then later on, um, I have a huge scar going down my belly. Uh, emergency surgery, uh, my spleen was ruptured, um, but it was not like a, it was like a little puncture. So my spleen was slowly... Um, it was seeping out. It was an internal oh. injury and, um, it was poisoning me. I didn't go to get to the emergency room for like four hours. Um, so I know they said like 20 more minutes, she would have been dead. So this scar goes from between my chest all the way down. And then it like fish hooks around my belly button. And I mean, it's on the internet and a lot of times people say, Oh, the scar's from So I used to, um, say, you know, if anybody would, because I wore two piece outfits and stuff. I got to where I was, I was self-conscious about it for a long time. And um, so then I was like, fuck it. I was like, yeah, I was doing a barbed wire match. I was doing a poncho dive, just, you know, and like, your faces like, oh my God. You have to think this is back in like 2003 or something, right. um, you know, way back then. And so then 
And that's whenever I got really skinny because I was so manic and I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't eating, but I was working out and training wrestling and everything. I just got so thin that, um, and it was like, that's not like me. And, um, so my cup size got very small. So I had to, my outfits, I had to stuff my bra with pads. I had two sets of pads in my bra. So the rib was going around the locker room, like for the young guys that wouldn't, that didn't know. Um, and like that locker room, IWA Mid-South, it was awesome. Cause it was like hero and, um, punk and Colt and Jimmy Jacobs and Ian and BJ and, uh, God, I miss. And then off. So I remember I met him there and Mr. Kennedy, I met him there. And there's so many, there's so many people I met. That's where I met Mickey Knuckles. I mean, it was just so awesome. And like the vibe in the locker room was so cool. And um, so the young kids were kind of intimidated by me because it's like, oh, my God, Stephanie. And I'm like, whatever, I'm just a girl, man. And I'm like, hey, if you give me 50 bucks, I'll show you my tits and their faces. And I'm like, no, for real, like ask. And like Hero Punk are all like, yeah, she will, she will. And I'm like, dude, give the money to Ian. And if I don't do it, then I'll give it back to you. And like, you know, I'd be like, all right, 20 bucks. Because <laughs> no, no, no indie wrestler has 50 bucks, right? Yeah. And um, so he gives him 20 bucks and I pull out my pads. I go, here you go. Here's my tits. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, ah! and then he'd get his 20 bucks back. I'm not going to take his 20 bucks. But, you know, funny rib, you know, so... They ripped me at the power plant. That was one that when I thought about the power plant, all the people that were there, it was like Elix and Sean um, O'Hare, Mark Jindrak, and Sonny Siaki, and oh, God, and Danny, I can't remember his name. He was real nice. Uh, Kiwi, Alan Funk was there. Oh, so really? I remember. There. And then <laughs> Molly Holly was there for a little while, and then he fired her. So then it was like I was the only girl for a little while. And um, they were like, Dad, hey, can you go? And there was um, the power plate was huge, four rings and all this shit. So there was like a big chain link fence to a utility area. And they were like, hey, Dad, can you go get that broom in there? And I went back to go get it. And they all I turned around and they were trying to lock me in. And then like, ah! and I ran over and I took the broom handle and I stuck it up so they couldn't lock me in. <laughs> so I outsmarted fucking like 10 dudes. I was like, ha ah, ah, get me. They're like, uh, and they didn't try to rip me again after that. So uh, they learned their lesson. Huh? <laughs> they learned their lesson. Yeah. Uh, they were all so nice. And Sarge, I think Sarge had like gone somewhere and they're like, let's rip Daffy. So mm. fun times. Yeah. Well, um, I did want to mention. So, um, 2010 was kind of a rough year for you. Um, you did that, you, uh, did that thumbtack spot. Um, well, for, first, uh, in Slammiversary, um, Taylor Wilde and ended up throwing you into a gigantic pile of thumbtacks. And then on the next impact, you lost that, uh, thumbtack match. And then in, uh, Bound for Glory of that same year, you got choke slammed through a barbed wire board, and that's where you got a pretty nasty concussion. Um, women typically weren't doing those types of spots, especially back then. I mean, what was that like when they said, "Hey, this is kind of what we're thinking"? What What were you thinking? What was going through your head at the time? 
you know, um, I was, um, it actually was like, for me, it was bittersweet because I love Nikki rocks and she was there before there, you know, she was Roxley Rowe and Laveau. Yeah. And, um, she, I mean, she, I knew her from Shimmer, you know, I already, before she worked there, I adore her and they made, you know, they, they kind of screwed her around and, um, and then, you know, I mean, think about when she got hit in the head and, um, I can't remember, somebody threw a mic at her. And so she got color before, I mean, she, she met, wrestled this whole match with her, like a crimson mask for real, a crimson mask. And then they have her get her head shaved and then oh they, she's not pretty we don't want to she's not barbie and we don't want to either and i'm going she is and and they, they i sw- i swear to god that they called her the hardcore knockout i i seem to remember that and so then she broke her ankle poor thing i don't think they paid her medical bills i don't know um pleads that and um then when she came back, I think she came back in the pay-per-view or something. And we were all like, Did you know, what's the deal? And because her ankle was broken, she couldn't work out as much. So she had put on just a, li- a tiny bit of weight. But they were wanting her to look like when she competed in the bodybuilding stuff, you know. And it's just like you can't stay like that all the time, especially when you're a woman. You know, you don't get your period when you're that lean. So stupid. So they then they, like, quit using her. And then it was like, insert Daphne. And um, so they made me crazy and they made me go to Dr. Stevie. And the, like, that was the brilliant idea because when, when my hair got cut, it was like I had my hair was so thick that you couldn't really tell it got cut. So he wrote that skit where I cut my own hair. And then he's like, then we can do something to Stevie and then with Abyss. And I'm like, okay. So as I went through with Abby and like the, it was really, really cool. And, you know, we were, I felt like we had a really good thing going. And, um, he said, yeah, he's like, okay, so slam, slam anniversary. Like we, we take the tax and, you know, he even said to me, you'll be the only girl ever to take the tax. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it for you, Abby. And um, so I called it Slam Thumbtack, or he was in Detroit. And I think he did, even the, the freaking dive off of the damn speaker on top of the huge stage, and then Taylor, like, she jumped up, and then boom, put me through, and came, I'm on the table. And then we slowly crawl, crawl, crawl back to the ring, and then that happens. Um, yeah, I, I really did, did take a beating. Um, and so like, as far as that goes, um, it was on pay-per-view and, you know, Abby asked me to do it. And then I remember Monday was a travel day and someone's like, oh, you're having to knock out some match of 10,000 thumbtacks. Like that's for, and that we're taping on Tuesday. That's going to air on Thursday. And I just went through tax on pay-per-view. Yeah, this is like right you're after. Gonna give it, then you're going to give it away. You're going to make me do I, I, Immediately, I knew I was going to lose. Immediately, as I go, well, I have to take it again. I didn't even talk to anybody from the office, and I already knew. And um, I'm like, well, fuck. And my leg was really hurt bad because when she put me through the table, I think her elbow, and I got like a 
contusion. They had to like wrap a really tight ace bandage around my leg because it was so swollen and it was like the, one of the worst bruises I've ever had. And, um, but I mean, like, so if you tell, I, I walk really slow. It was kind of limping when we, we did it on TV. Um, but when I had to do it for TV, I just, I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I, I was, had no backbone and I was just like, okay. And, um, if you watch it, when I did it on TV, I laid there and I rolled around in them and it was, Ooh. I was just like, fuck you, fuck you. Like, why the fuck would I do that? And then you make me do it again and you just give it away. People would have paid. People heard about it and right. it wasn't too bad and I didn't get hurt. But then they had to take it to the next level. It was an accident. But yeah, uh, in L.A., about for glory, um, it was a piece of plywood um, that had barbed wire. And there was one in every corner um, for Mick versus uh, Biss. And Stevie was a special guest ref. And um, I, I said, you know, I, I just really, I think it should be a table. I was like, this plywood, I don't know from. And um, I was like, I think it should be a table. And, and maybe we should give, you know, gimmick a table. And um, hindsight, and I only even thought about this like in the past six months. Um, they couldn't do that because then it would mess up the, it would give away that I'm going to go through it because there'd be three pieces of plywood and then right. one table. And so they were just like, well, no, you'll be fine. And I'm like, okay. And then at the last minute I ran and I got my elbow pads. Thank God. And then I had to run out and I gave Mick Foley a taser and he tased the best. It was kind of didn't get the, the special little, Effects guy, I don't think we ever used him again. Um, but it was, you know, oh, and then Stevie had taken a bump and so he was out. And so uh, Mick goes over to put the his arm over Abyss and out comes the ref. I won't say his name either because he's so nice. He just messed up. So he ran in and slid and he hit one with his left hand. And then with his right hand, he went two, three. And the crowd was like, yeah. And then he was like, no, wait, no, that because that wasn't the finish. Right. And Mick was so fucking, they were so fucking mad. He got fired. Um, they were like, who fucking counts one with the left hand and then switches hands? We thought you were coming in and planting your hand and then one, two, and he was going to kick out at nine tenths. I totally understand. It was a big mistake. Poor guy, you know, so then bam, he's gone. So um, then they just tried to get the crowd back and stuff. And I climbed up and to this, I was on the second rope and Abby, I mean, he did, I did it myself, but you know, cause he wasn't going to do it. And like, I just, fell backwards and he had pulled the guardrail in and placed the plywood from the apron over to the guardrail. So it's on the outside. So right. when I fell from that out to the outside, the guardrail was pushed in and it hit my elbow so bad. And so I, and then the plywood, I overshot a little bit. So it hit me more in my lower back. So that broke my fall. So my head hit first. So I just, when I hit, I just was like, my arm in my head, my arm in my head. Wait, you're in Barbara's cell. 
<laughs> that's that's literally how it went through my mind. My arm, my head, my arm, my head, urine, Barbara cell. Because I knew the camera was going to be on me. So I just opened my eyes and I just started shaking like, oh, and I'm just going, holy fuck, holy fuck. And then my head, it wasn't that bad. Um, and I was, just, I was remember my arm and then the finish and then they came over, Stevie and Mick came over and got me. And Mick was trying to put, make me put my arm around him. And I was like, my arms hurt, my arms hurt. And so we go out and they're getting me ice. And Terry Taylor comes over and Abby and the, he's like, did that, that fucked it up, didn't it? When that, the ref, he's like, we lost in there, didn't we? I know we did. I know we did. He's known to kind of super stress out about stuff. He, right. he wants everything to be, you know, good. And rightly so. He's very, he's very, very talented man. And um, so, you know, we're talking. And then I, I was like, you know what? I am. And then it was post-concussion. My brain started as well. And I was like, uh, yeah, I hit my head too. And then there, and Terry looked at me and he goes, trainer. And then I thought I was going to throw up and then bam, here's a camera in my face. And I, I was like, no, no, don't film this. So if you watch the bound for glory DVD and you see the, the extras, you can see me being filmed against my will. I told him not to film me and all the way being taken away in an ambulance. So that was like adding insult to injury, you know? Um, so they take me to the ambulance and, and to the hospital and they gave me an MRI and I had hit like the lower, um, right side of my head and my brain bounced and hit my left, you know, up my left. And so my brain was bleeding, um, on the upper left part, like, uh, my hairline basically. And, um, so they kept me overnight they gave me an MRI in the morning and they're like, okay, they're like, we're going to give you an MRI. And if not, we're going to have to, you know, flower my brain. They're like, we have to see if your brain keeps going. And the next morning they did the MRI and they're like, okay, you know, eh. and I'm like, okay, well, I got to go. <laughs> and they're like, huh? No. And I, I was like, I, I have to go to work, you know? Um, so then I got on the flight and flew to Orlando and oh my God, it was horrific. The pain. I mean, it was just my my arm swelled up and I lost feeling in my fingers like I couldn't grip it. And it did some nerve damage, uh, but my arm did not break. I was like, oh, you broke your arm. And I mean, it took it took about two and a half weeks for it. The feeling like I could make a fist and stuff. And it took about a month for the swelling to go completely down. And then for a while, like I couldn't lift as much weight with my left arm and stuff. Um, my elbow pops all the time when I get up and I'll go to stand up and I'll put my hands down and, and push it. And, I'll go, ah! and I'm like, God damn bound for glory. <laughs> well, <laughs> but yeah, so that not too much, not too much longer after. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'll just say that was a, it was a, a major grade two concussion. That was the diagnosis and, and, uh, like just banged up my L. I don't know. It didn't, I didn't get a specific diagnosis, but. Well, not not too much longer after that, you had uh, the thing that happened with uh, Rosie Ladalove uh, during that dark match on Impact, where uh, you know I'll let you tell the story a little bit, but um, you ended up leaving the match with a bruised sternum. You had a really bad stinger, and you added another concussion. Yeah, um, after the first one. Um 
uh, they let me manage, and so I could still make some money and stuff. And uh, it was cool to still, you know, be able to work with the guy. Part of the show. I yeah, I mean, he is such a uh, he is such a sweet man. Um, and so it was cool to do that. And you know, at home, I would just try to rest. I try to go for walks, like in the when it wasn't too bright. But I mean, I was so light sensitive. And slowly I was like, okay. Um, and they started, they gave me a couple explosion matches. And then they're like, um, it was funny. Terry Taylor called and said, okay, so we're going to have you like go through and we're going to just go bipolar on the whole roster. And then, you know, you're, then you're going to go for Terry. You're going to steal her spider. And you're just going to go bipolar on them all. And I'm like, yeah, Terry, I I think I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, knowing I'm bipolar. And at this point, I was still in the closet. Uh, so much stigma. I mean, this was, you know, a decade ago. Um, so I did that whole thing. And then um, had my title shot against Terror, which Destination X, which is probably one of my top three matches of all time. Shoot, it was so, I wish we could have, like done that or like became tag partners and then had a feud. I mean, it just would have been so great. And, but not too long. I mean, I think the next, there was the first blood match. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, Hogan and Bischoff are here. And they changed the whole layout. And we went to a four sided ring right. and the ramp went straight across. So I, it was really hard for me to do my entrance, you know, and um, so there was kind of a changing of the guards and um, some people had left and, you know, they were the women's division was still really hot at the time. So they were bringing her in. I had met her at uh, Lexi, Lexi five, I love you, uh, at Slamming Ladies, uh, her customs. Uh, check them out, SlammingLadies.com. And uh, so I had met her, but I'd never wrestled her. And I knew she did like a baseball gimmick. And then I knew leva uh i love leva shout out to the book club and so i knew like you know and she was just very sweet so they were like um uh, okay you're gonna have a dark match with her and i'm like okay and i was a little nervous because i'd never worked her but i'm like okay well i'm known for being able to general matches and then of course i take my finishes stare at the lights because i you know i'm a jobber but like jelly uh prazak and shimmer would do it the new girl would come and he'd put them with me and then he'd be like, how'd they do? You know, I had Cat Powers first match at Shimmer. I had Nicole Matthews first match at Shimmer. So they put her, of course, they put her with me. Just like when Hamada made her debut, who did she wrestle? Me. So um, I'm, I came up with this idea for a finish that wouldn't bury her because, you know, um, her trainer was like, you know, it's already cleared with the office. I mean, she's going to be the next White Kong. And not in a racist way or whatever, but just saying, you know, call comparatively or whatever. And, right. and so um, I, uh, I'm i like, okay, and I, I want, you know, I want her to do well. I like her. And uh, I still to this day like her. And so we put it over and we get over and, you know, it's her trainer and I'm very intimidated and nervous. And it was like, why are you going to do that? Well, do this. And like, he knew her skill set. I didn't. And he's like, well, do this and do this and do this. And she's nervous and we're both nervous. And we're like, okay. So we go back to the ring and Al Snow's helping us. And we're putting, trying to put it together again. And 
and then we go back and then we're a dark match. So they start the taping so early and the dark match before the tapings and I've got to get my war paint on. And so did she. And so like we're in the makeup chair, like trying to figure it out. And then we are literally at the go position and it's like, well, what? And it was like spots that we were told to do. And then I maybe we just didn't do the psychology, right? I don't know. All I know is that um, big spot was put in there. I had never done it, but I'm very flexible. My back, like you saw Kong make me kick myself in the back of the head. And, you know, uh, cheerleader Melissa, uh, when I had the match with her, it looked like she did a move. It looked like Saeed. It looked like she did this thing that she like went down to her knees and it looked like, cause I'm so, so flexible. So I'm like, yeah, I can, I'm sure I can do that. I used to do the matrix, you know, as a mm -hmm. stratus, you know? So I'm like, yeah, but we got messed up from the get go. Um, we put this tree of woe spot in and I said, honey, whatever you do, please hook my right leg. If you hook my left leg, you're going to dislocate my kneecap. Like I've had, it's been dislocated for four times. So please, please, please. And I try to drill it in her head. Well, first thing, boom, trio, whoa. And she's just, I'm fighting her. And you can hear, I have a copy of the match. You can, uh, the whole match. And you can hear me going, other leg. Other leg. <laughs> but like I said, she was nervous. Then we got it right. You know, and that was okay. And then we did a couple other things. And then I'm hitting the ropes and she was supposed to sunset flip. And I hit the ropes and I, we show, I showed her tackle her and she stays there. And I'm like, sunset flip. And then I go back and I hit the ropes again and I'm like a little bit harder and she didn't go down. I'm like, sunset flip. And so then I go down and this time she goes back. And I don't know if she was too far away because we had shoulder tackled or or what. But when I flipped, I like flipped too far, I think. And then I was holding onto her and then I couldn't like wriggle to where I could get my hands in the right position to where I could bridge out. And so I was just holding onto her legs. And I was praying to God that she was going to do the Yokozuna or she would, that she would feel my arms there and she would just know to jump up and land, but have her feet still there, you know, to take the weight. But she just expected me to bridge. And so she went up and let her feet go. So it was an accident. It was a miscommunication. It was nobody's fault. It was unfortunate. And it, it, I mean, everybody was like, Oh, like you just see the two little clips. Nobody has seen the whole match. But after that happened, I mean, I was like, oh, and like knocked the wind out of me. And that wasn't the finish. We were barely halfway done. And so she just like prances around the crowd. The ref comes over to change. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, give me a minute. Uh, and it just, it hurt so bad. And so she, it was like getting, we were losing the crowd. So she comes over and she puts her foot on my chest. And the ref goes to count it one, two, and I fucking, <laughs> I don't know if it's a wrestler in me, but I just pushed her foot off. I was like, fuck no, <laughs> I'm not going out like that. Uh, which probably, if I wouldn't have done that, I probably would still be wrestling. So, but I had just gotten smished, you know, on accident. So yeah. then she's having to call the match to me. I'm like, what's next? What's next? <laughs> so when she went to do her, I thought it was a, like a spine buster but i guess they were saying it was a sit-down power bomb but i guess i don't i don't even know but i just know maybe i didn't post or i was just loosey-goosey and my head hit so hard and um right in the same spot 
and my neck like whiplash so bad that I couldn't feel well I didn't really realize I just was like knocked out cold the referee comes over and he's shaking are you okay and then he did the x I guess because then next thing I know there's Alison and Terry and D'Lo and everybody's all around me and the trainer and I'm like okay and they're like all right now go ahead and straighten out your other leg and then I looked at I think it was D'Lo's face and I was like it's not moving is it and every like we were all like, so they had to, there wasn't an ambulance there. Uh, so we had to wait for an ambulance. And then they took the bottom rope off and strapped me to a board and took me out. And um, right when they were starting to strap, I, I, I was like, right when they were getting ready to strap me to the board or they just got there, I was like, I feel my toes are tingling, y'all, my toes are tingling. And I wiggled my toes and everyone was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, but you know, uh, then I go to the hospital in Orlando and, um, they, uh, gave me a chest x-ray and MRI and they said another grade two concussions and two in six months is very, very bad. Yeah. You know, that was before we even knew about this. I've, my, my brain, I've, I've talked to Chris Nowinski. I donated my brain and like learned how to say, um, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, like over a decade ago. You know, before anybody even, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know I have it, and my brain's going straight to science. So, um, yeah, I, um, it's not good to talk bad about yourself, but I try to explain to people, I'm like, I've been knocked stupid, and I have a bachelor's degree, and, you know, my recollection is very spotty, you know, I don't ever mean to be disrespectful, but like, don't you remember when I met you? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, please. I had to retire from wrestling because I've been hitting the head so hard. Like, you know, please understand. I no disrespect. So I came back. They cleared me May 27th, and that happened on 420. So five weeks later, and um, I basically would go and do the tapings. Um, and then I'd be on my couch in the dark, just and my head never quit hurting. Uh, so painful. Uh, I developed agoraphobia where I was like, didn't want to go outside and go to the grocery store. Um, I had Lexi coming over and bringing me and just taking care of me. And, um, you know, it was, it was bad. And then, um, I kept all my bookings that had a flight attached to them. So when I went to shimmer, um, I didn't, I quit match and that was hard. I was so out of it. And so um injured and people don't understand concussions if they know oh, i had shoulder surgery knee whatever blah, 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 but no she had a concussion it's just so common um doing the whole story i was so emotional and you know concussions make you depressed they make you very emotional and um so i remember after it was over I was wrestling Rachel Summerlin, who I trained. And um, so it was a student teacher thing. And we had a big build up, the nice feud. Um, we did one match, and I did all this illegal stuff, and it was a DQ. And I was like, You'll always be a rookie, Rachel. Always. And like, they, people started chanting that, and she's the baby face. 
And I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, but she kind of got it back. So then it led to an I quit match. And we, it was awesome. It was amazing. And she finally had me tied up. And everybody knows about my knee. And she had me in, in that. And uh, I, I I said, I quit. And um, they started chanting, please don't go. <laughs> and... I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I just, I cried and I just waved at them. And I was, I love Shimmer fans, Shimmer Down Mill. And, um, there's so many people there. And, um, I remember coming to the back and waiting for Rachel and we were hugging, we were crying. And I was like, Jelly, how was it? And he's like, yeah. And I go, that really was my last match. And he kind of looked at me and I go, oh, wait, I didn't tell you. <laughs> I mean, I was so that's how discombobulated I was, you know. And then I had one more match in Ohio with Sarah Del Rey. And that's, I consider that my last match. And that was in October. But then TNA called and they had tapings um, in December, the first week in December. And we were going to do five days straight to go through the holidays. And the first night, they put me in a tag match and they're like, no, no, we'll take care of you. We'll take, cause I was like, my, I've not been doing bookings. Like, and if I go to a booking, I, you, you'll see me in a match and I like maybe take one bump, you know? Um, but I guess the, the idea that I was still wrestling, they were like, okay. So the first night they're like, oh, we'll protect you. Well, who took the bump and feed and then the finish and took the pin me. And, um, so I remember I was rooming with Mickey James that night and I was like, I, on my head, I was like, I was like, Mick James. I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to wrestle ever again. I, I just can't do it. I'm in so much pain. And I went to the building the next day and, you know, it was another job. I was just a fucking jobber there. And, um, so I said, Terry, I, I, I'm afraid about it. I've thought about it. I was like, I, 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 my head, I don't think y'all get it. I, re I really can't. I said, but I'd love to like do a photo shoot. And I had this whole geisha photo shoot thing. And I was like, I just need a little more time to heal. And I knew my contract was up in March and this was December. I knew they weren't going to renew it, you know? And then there was the whole deal with the, the bills not being paid. Um, so uh, I started to go get ready and then I saw Dixie go look at me, go talk to Terry. And then Terry came over to me and said, uh, Shannon, if you can't work, then you can't work. Quote unquote. And I was like, Oh, and Terry and I are dear friends. He wasn't being a dick. He's just very straightforward and very direct. And I respect him for it. And he knew that I saw that he was ordered to go and tell me that. So he just came over and made it just to the point. And I went to the locker room, I got my bags, and I drove to Tampa, and I never wrestled ever again. And that's what makes it so hard for you to watch the product now. Because I, I, you left so much on the table, but like, you know, even back then, you know, even yeah, now. My last, match, my last match was me and Sarita versus the beautiful people. And I came in, took the bump and feed, and took Angelina's finish and got pinned. That's my last match. I don't even yeah. think I got in a lick of offense. But yeah, and they I mean, were chanting even... my fucking name when they heard because I had been gone for so long. So I, I was, I had gotten turned into a babyface. 
And I'm like, why don't they do something with this? But at that point, I was so hurt that, I mean, I couldn't even exercise or do any. I couldn't even stay in shape or train or think straight or anything, you know. So well, e- Even now... Uh, you know, with what we have learned since then about concussion stuff, there's still so much more that we don't know. And I mean, even now with as safe as everyone's trying to be with neck and head injuries, you know, this isn't ballet. People get hurt, you know? So no, it's true. That that sucks. But I, you know, I always think (laughs) your legacy lives on in, in other uh, women's wrestlers. I, I see stuff that people do, you know, just costume choices or uh, mannerisms in the ring that are just echoes of the things that you did years ago. And, you know, it's still relevant today. And so, you know, I know it's, it's small comfort, but, you know, I still think you're influencing a lot of the product. And I think that's a good thing, even if you're not watching it. So, well, it's you know I have my like my my logical family, um, my wrestling family, and I have a Voxer group chat that I think we're going on seven years now. It's me, Dave Quente, and so I I mean he's like one of the girls. He you know him and Prezak, he he's a cameraman. He works you know WWN and you know did that edits. Like he just always has been around for so long. And he's an amazing, amazing man. And then Leva and then Rhea O'Reilly. And like they in with talking with them, I kind of keep I, I know a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, I of course I talk to Franny. And then if I talk to Lexi, we talk we don't really talk about wrestling very much. I'll ask her how the customs are going. She's like, Oh, we have a shoot and we have fifty matches. And I'm like, Why do you do that to yourself? But she's like, can multitask like anybody I know. But what was my point? You were asking me there was a reason why I was talking about the book. Oh yes, that's why. My book club. Because when I do go off the grid or my bipolar depression hits or you know, I mean, you've checked on me, Dave. You've been so kind. If I disappear and I've been gone a while, you're like, how you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, eh, you know, you know, it's the same. <laughs> um, and then, uh, like I said, I'll do my little turtle pop my head up and back down. But I get down on myself because I. a lot of people do say, you know, well, she was just a jobber. What she, you know, who'd she ever beat and stuff like that. And And so I'll get down and I'll be like, I just feel so irrelevant. And they go, they're like, don't you ever say that? <laughs> and Leva was like, because I saw you in WCW, I then was like, no, I can do it. If there, if she can do it like that, she's awesome. She's different. I'm different. I'm going to go for it. And Rhea, the same thing. Rhea was so afraid to talk to me the first time. Now we we're just so close. Come to find out, her mom was a huge fan. <laughs> so I like, you know, she does like her mom's like, you're like best friends with Daffy, and like, yeah, you know, and um, and so it made like you know they're younger than me, and that just meant. And then other people, I mean, like like Nikki Storm, like she, God, what a what a wonderful human. And I mean, she says she'd all be like. She come to see me. She'd be like, "Oh, Daphne, oh, will you watch my promo? Will you watch my match?" <laughs> and I'd go, 
oh yeah and then she'd gotten her and she was like i am the white chocolate cheesecake of sports entertainment and like her promos would just get these pops and everything and she'd come to me she'd be like oh daphne how to do and i'd be like nikki i'm like you're your promo is better than anything I've done. And I was like, your match was, you're such an awesome athlete. I was like, I really honestly can't give you any feedback except for just keep working hard. Like, you're so good. And, um, she, you know, like, I, I really do appreciate it when people of the younger generation, especially in Shine, you know, when um, yeah, Sal and Lexi and I and Howard started Shine, um, the girls, like, I mean, Santana was like, the second match of shine like she you just watched her work her all the way up to where she was a shine champion i mean she had like five titles and like look at her now look at me again and leva they will you know they won our tag title at, at shine and i did have a lot of the girls say you know uh, uh, you know i pulled a little bit of you i i watched you and for to be recognized for your talent and not just to be called a jobber um it means a lot, especially when you're depressed, <laughs> you know, and you're like, well, gosh, if I could go out and do it now, I'd prove them wrong. Um, they'd probably still make me a job or who knows. <laughs> um, well, listen, I think we've kept you for a while and, and we appreciate your time uh, to, to kind of finish up. I just wanted to say, you know, I consider you a great friend and one of the coolest things about you and, and you've mentioned it throughout the show is that you're kind of out of the closet bipolar and you've yeah. done a really good job of kind of spotlighting mental health awareness. And I know for a lot of people, that's not easy. Um, Cause sometimes it takes looking at stuff that maybe you're not the most proud of, but um, I love that you've, you've done that. You put that forward in front of everyone and, and you worry about everyone's mental health. And um, I just wanted to highlight, you actually put out a shirt on your store at pro wrestling tees um, as nurse Daff uh, to kind of promote some mental health awareness. And um, you can get that on uh Daff store at pro forward slash Daphne. That's D A F F N E Y. Um, I know you've been putting that out there on your social media. A lot of people have bought it. It's a pretty popular shirt. Um, in fact, I saw your friend uh, uh, sugar Shane promoting yeah. it. On Twitter. So that's really I cool. I, yeah, I sent one to him, I sent one to Jamie, I sent one to Selena, I sent one to Franny, I sent one to Lexi, I sent one to my cousin, I sent one to the guys from Lucky 13 and Boston. Like, people that have been a part of keeping my mental, oh, and all the book club, um, uh, keeping my mental health, like, when I'm just, they accept me. They know that if I disappear for a while, I'll come back. I just, sometimes I just hermit. You know, yeah. Um, and I have to think, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And there's been somebody very consistent, Aaron Garcia. Um, and um, I mean, he's on my social media and um, I don't know, I mean, maybe we can post a link, but he's done so many designs for me throughout the years. He came up with the um, ice cream for Daphne and the ice cream mm -hmm. cone. He did, he did that one. He did uh, so many of them. I can't, uh, Night of Living Daph. Um, so, and he would just come up with these awesome ideas and I was just like, I wanted to kind of say this kind of message and, but I'm kind of not sure I want it to pull together. It was his idea to use the nurse picture and say nurse death. And then there's just little crosses instead of dot, dot, dot. And he like sent it to me and I was like, that's fucking perfect. 
like, don't change anything. I was like, oh my God, he knocked it out of the park. And I'm so proud of that shirt. A, because I'm so, I mean, I don't know. He's just so awesome. But like that, I, that people are proud to wear it and, and the stigma is slowly fading. And that, that's a that's a great thing. The stigmas are, are fading with a, with a lot of things in in general and and in the wrestling business. Um, so I wanted to just really thank Aaron for that and and um, and you for because <laughs> I'm so computer like, Dave, how do I do this? And you're just on the phone. You like, here, I'll just do it real quick for you. <laughs> that's how I that's how I change stuff in my stores. I call you. <laughs> No, um, but anyway, no, seriously, in all seriousness, um, yeah, I love the store. That shirt's in there, a lot of other cool ones, and I have a coupon code if you use the code SCREAM, then 10% off my shirts. So I had to say that. Um, and uh, I have an Etsy store. Um, I did have them in there first, and then I just went ahead and, and put them in the Pro Wrestling T stores because I just wanted to do like one run. Um, and uh, my Etsy store has action figures and eight by tens. And I just got some kiss cards that I'm going to put on there. Um, and there's a link in my Instagram bio that if you click on that, there's a coupon dash wagon, you get 10% off everything in my Etsy store. So um, my Etsy store is Daphne Unger, but you should go to my Instagram and click on that link and they'll just take you straight there. And the coupons automatically applied. So, but all my social media, my Twitter, my Instagram. Sometimes I still do Snapchat. Um, my Skype, they're all Scream Queen Daff. And it's so funny that you spelled it out because it just cracks me up when people like people probably me, spell it wrong. Yeah. And they go, I'm, I'm your number one fan, Daphne. And I'm like, oh, really? You are? Why don't you spell my fucking name right then? And, <laughs> and like fans, like, did people come up like fans and I'd meet them in person? And that was the only time, like, I'd ever, like, try to fuck with somebody. I, I'm always, like, super, like, nice to my own detriment. And um, they'll be like, Daph, and I'm like, oh, well, spell my fucking name right. That's not how you spell it. Or, Do you know how to spell it even? <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, it's D-A-double-F fuck face N-E-Y. There's no P-H. I'm not silent. <laughs> and I used to, like, and I'd, like cut that promo and you'd see their face get real big and I go, I'm just kidding, dude. I'm just fucking fucking around. <laughs> but uh that that one gets me. I was like, learn how to spell my name, dude. But I know. I mean people fuck up Del Del Rey and Del Rey. That's when yeah. you know a true Sarah Del Rey fan. <laughs> You're like, spell her name right. I still have my Death Ray Pew Pew shirt. So um, well, um before we but yeah, go. that was um I'm sorry, did, did I cover all the social media stuff? Yeah, I think I think we got it. Um, okay, cool. I was gonna say b- before we let you go, uh, Berto always asks our guests two questions. Oh, and, uh, yeah. So we have. Uh, do you remember the first piece of wrestling merchandise that you've uh, you've owned yourself? Like I, I always go back to the first piece of wrestling anything that I ever owned was uh, my Eddie Guerrero. It was an Eddie Guerrero T-shirt. Um, but we've had various guests who've had you know different answers. Be it oh a program from this show or you know an old. VHS or something, a poster, an action figure. Um, do you have any recollection of what that would have been for yourself? So not merchandise for me, but when I was younger, what was the first thing I got? Yeah. Yeah. Is my Ric Flair wrestling buddy that I used in WCW. And then years later he signed it and it says to Daphne 
me. You're simply the best um, XOXO uh, Ric Flair. And I, it's, I'm looking at it right now. It's sitting next to my bed. And in my YouTube live streams, I usually am holding it in front of me to hide myself. <laughs> and the lights are really low. Um, but yeah, that's the first thing I got. I don't even know how old that thing is. I guess that would kind of... I tried to take care of it. I guess that would also kind of answer the second one because the second one is usually uh, what is your favorite piece of wrestling merchandise? You know, just something that means a lot to you. But I, I'm... I don't no, think... I no, I have I have something that oh that, yeah. I mean that's oh. awesome. Uh, that's awesome. But yeah, that's like a really I have good the one. fucking coolest thing ever. And I ha- I did I put a tweet out and like the first time I ever met Mick Foley was at a signing, and I went up to him and I was like, "Hello, my Mr. Foley. Um, my name is Daphne. It's so nice to meet you. I've read all of your novels." And you saw like a little look in on his face. And then it was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And we took a photo and and off we go. Uh, months later, I'm in Minnesota, that same place. And Terry Funk was on the show and Mick Foley. And so I'm in the locker room with them, you know. So I was like, hello. I was like, I met you a few months ago at the, it was the big fest in Charlotte or whatever. And, um, and he was like, oh, you are the one that said you read all my novels. And I was like, well, yes. And he goes, you know why that um, resonates with him more? He goes, he goes, ninety-eight percent of the time people come up to him and say, "I've read all your books," but when you say novels, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I just finished Tatum Brown for the second time," and he's like, "Have you read Scooter?" And I was like, "There's Scoot. What's that?" And I'm like, "We're gonna get it," you know. So um, I got that, and then uh, uh, next time I saw him, I, I was like, "Holy fuck!" It was deep i highly highly recommend both of those novels if you haven't read them uh, and then of course as you know autobiographical books are great too but um i was such a huge mark then i get to you know work with him and do a storyline with him and he put me over before i did the storyline with him he wrote like a blog about me before before you know all that so we were talking about his novels and he mailed me is the original manuscript for Scooter. And I'm telling you, it's about three or four inches thick. And it's like typed up. And then it has all his handwritten edits on it and everything. Well, and that, I have that in a box. That Holy is, cow. Yeah, that is quite the collector's item. I was going to say, I was like, the, the Ric Flair buddy, <laughs> that's awesome. But like that manuscript, I, I think that, that definitely does take the cake as... I was like, I can trump it. Let me trump it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I mean, I love Rick as well. But Mick has done. I mean, Mick flew me to the anniversary of the Hell in the Cell, and it. I mean, he was so nervous, and he didn't get to talk about Vicky. I think as much as he kind of wanted to, but he nailed it. He did such a good job on the special, and but he flew me up because he had so much respect for what I did for Vicky. And um, I don't know if that story got told, but, but look up Daphne versus Vicky Lyons and then look up her episode of Forensic Files and and then listen and then uh, listen to the interview with Mick Foley and that'll tell the whole story. But I mean, he flew me. We talked on the phone. He didn't know all the health problems I had. He's like, I wonder what happened to you. And he reached out and was like, so this really happened with you and Vicky? I watched his Forensic Files and then you know, I wanted to know more, and then uh, you popped up, and um, 
so I was like, yeah, and I told him all about her, and she was my best friend and everything. And uh, I, I have her about yeah, I have her ashes. You know, uh, she was like family to me, and he was just to so touched by me telling about. She only ever had one match, and it was versus me, and um, and I and she didn't know. Um, I told her, roll me up, one, two, kick out, and then I'm gonna hit you with my finish. And when she rolled me up, I stayed down, so she won. <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. And then she's like, what? And she just like immediately started hugging me, and I'm like, no, I'm the, they, like, it was so weird. We were in Charlotte, and I'm like the hometown girl, and uh, I, I just got heat. <laughs> they just were cheering for her. So it was really cool, and it's a really cool story, and it just kind of ties into more about what a nice man. He flew me up there, he paid for my hotel, and uh, we had a, a nice meal. So um, uh, that that's probably one of the nicest things, you know. I mean, it just goes to show he's just such a sweet, sweet soul. And then, I mean, I would watch his promos in ECW with the chair in the middle of the ring over and over and over. So... You know, I pulled from him. Anyway, that's my uh, like total package, uh, Mick Foley, like because I I have to give him props for for everything he's done for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, mm. we've we've had so much fun talking to you. Yeah, uh, totally. Amazing. We love you. And uh, yeah, thanks. Love you back. Thanks for uh, doing the interview. We appreciate it. Yeah, it was really nice meeting you, Alberto. Uh, you as well. I, I found myself so throughout so much. I, I usually talk a lot more, but you're just telling these stories, and I'm just like, and then what? And then what? But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, we definitely loved having you on. Um, again, it's kind of funny because prior we were like, oh, you know, we we typically have notes and this, this, and that, and we'll start with one con conversation. We'll get to a question, and then you know, we just we start talking, and then we never get to the rest. So we'll definitely have to have you on for a part two at some point because. Uh, I mean, again, there's there's just so much that we, we didn't get to. Um, but again, Thea, thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to plug the social media as well. Uh, Stank, you got you got anything else to, to throw in there? No, uh, just uh, thank you and great honor. And, you know, I like this as an opportunity to see, for everyone to see the person that I know. So um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys. I, I I just thank you for the opportunity and just caring and just everything. You're staying dog. You're you're so sweet. And I know I'll probably meet you, Alberto, when I come to Chicago one day. So, um, and yeah, I've never even met you face to face, Stank dog. Yeah, well, <laughs> so you gotta one come day through. When and we'll, come to Chicago, I'm gonna hug yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll show you the store. But uh, thanks a lot, Daf. Thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> you again Daphne for that interview uh a longer one but again I I enjoyed it you know I enjoyed it even going back listening to it uh for the edit just yeah wonderful interview especially when she started to like get emotional I was just like oh no I'm, I'm getting a little emotional myself well and that's the thing like you you listen to you know we look at like a lot of these wrestlers on tv and we see them as you know sometimes we see them as uncaring or you know you know due to their character or uh you know, they're larger than life, but they're really just people and like they're affected by the same things that we're affected by. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was sad that she was, you know, tearing up, but like, that's, that's real emotion, you know? 
Yeah, and on top of uh, like hearing, you know, hearing her say things like, you know, I wasn't just a jobber. Like I, you know, like hearing her talk about mm-hmm. her last night uh, wrestling for, I believe it was Shine or Shimmer. Yeah, like that's like just that's raw emotion right there. You know, you like that. That is someone's. Yeah. That is that shows how much someone cares. You know, it's not just a job to them. It's like. It's more, and it, it comes across as like, oh yeah, wrestling is your life because yeah, and like you know, even going back to like Dark Side of the Side of the Ring, uh, you know, during the Chris Benoit episode, uh, Chris Jericho said, you know, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, they they gave their lives to the ring, and you know, it's almost the same thing with Daphne. I mean, she gave everything of herself to the ring, and you know, she's still feeling some of the consequences of that, but um, that's how much she loved it. You know, and that's why, like, when it comes to like a lot of these professional wrestlers, I've got nothing but admiration and respect because, like, you know, they're putting their bodies on the line, breaking themselves, you know, so we will go home happy and have a memory. So, yeah, and uh, you also think about, you know, and we we mentioned her, we mentioned her several times on on this on this episode, but Vicky Guerrero, like, kind of going back mm-hmm. to how she when we interviewed her and she talked about like a lot of people don't consider like the wives and husbands and just like family of these wrestlers who, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's like, Hey, I'm not going to see you till next month because we have this tour and then I got this, this and that. And I'm, yeah, I'm, they I'm live with the fallout. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're like, Hey, I'm going to be home three days next month and probably going to be too tired to do much of any, you know, like a lot of these wrestlers say, you know, it's, they're doing a lot. Thankfully, right now, I think one of the silver linings with uh, the world shutting down is that a lot of these wrestlers get to rest up their bodies because, yeah, like some of them do. Some of them do. Some of some of them do. Some, unfortunately, you know, like I, yeah, I don't agree with any wrestling being considered essential because it's not. But you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not allegedly getting paid somewhat of a you know millions of dollars to say my my state will let wrestling happen because it's essential you know but that's that's neither here nor there uh so yeah. you know again thank you to daphne and um Thanks. once once again uh if this is your first time listening uh make sure to follow us on social media you know we we mentioned the the contest earlier we're at pwtcast on instagram and twitter um and again you know this is your first episode go back and listen to some of the older ones that we've had you know dave and i we from time to time do uh our little at home sit down interviews where we just sit down and talk for as, yeah, shoot, as, the shit. shoot the shit you know we have our fun thanksgiving episode or the jericho cruise one. the jericho cruise one is a real popular one uh mm-hmm. that one includes uh just sea madness us going crazy as the days progress like i think one of my favorite in it was one of my favorite moments is we're editing something and we're just like about halfway through. It's just like, God damn it, Michael. Cause uh, we were rooming with Michael, stupid Michael. He just would not stop coming in. Yeah. And we're just like, what the fuck, Michael? Like he's like, I need my charger. Like it was just, you know, you hear us. It's basically recording kids at camp. Cause that's where we were. We were kids at camp. Uh, and the interview is, uh, it's topped off with an almost murder, not murder, suicide. Yep. Uh, that Dave and I are very much hands-on with preventing... We're practically heroes. We're, listen, we practically are heroes. I posted, yeah, I, I reposted this picture. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. It was on Twitter. Someone posted it. It's uh, three doctors walking down a hallway, 
and on either side of them there's a uh, superheroes and it's like you know <laughs> essential workers are the real heroes which yes a, a thousand wholeheartedly percent yes. agree with that you know everyone who's you know spending spending their time i mean working in a hospital right yeah. now because those jobs are not a fun one to have you know especially right now when you know it's the worst the worst time to be working in a hospital just yeah. based on current circumstances however with that said <laughs> in this photo in this photo are dr manhattan dr bruce banner uh iron man spider-man and batman most brilliant minds <laughs> five of the most brilliant minds i can only imagine somewhere back there is you know because it's one side like dc one side marvel i can only imagine mm -hmm. somewhere back there a dr stephen strange or reed richards you know all these yeah. you know uh fucking t'challa black panther i can yeah. only imagine somewhere down that hall why are all these quick people bowing and get the vaccine yeah quick like i <laughs> granted uh also, Wolverine has his claws out for some reason. Uh, Doctor Manhattan probably wouldn't care. You know, he'd probably just leave, which yeah. I, it makes no sense that he's in that photo. But whatever. Um, but yeah, like the rest of these people get to fucking work. You know, yeah. There's no way. There's no way that Batman and Doctor Bruce Banner and I don't keep calling Doctor Bruce Banner the Hulk. There's no way these people can't get together and find some sort of cure. So. I, well, I thought the weird thing too. They had Doctor Manhattan was so gigantic in that picture. Yeah, he's very he's like huge. Like he's not that big. I don't know why they made him that big. Um, yeah, I mean he can grow, but like I don't know why he would be flexing like that in the hallway. <laughs> also, very faintly, like if you look in the background, Groot is there. Yeah. Why would Groot be there? You know, don't don't really. Yeah, he's not affected by coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Can trees Maybe. and plants get the coronavirus i don't know listen you, Who knows at this you, point? you have thor standing there as well i i assume some sort of asgardian magic <laughs> i fix everything uh you know wolverine what does he care he has a healing factor you know but well, they could just all inject disinfectant i hear that that has so, some sort of like a cleaning effect yeah. don't do that don't don't do that. Uh, but we should do though is spread the word of the PWT cast. Tell your friends. Tell your families. Yeah. Uh, you know, at PWT cast again, we're we're closer to six hundred followers than you know we were before. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and get us to one thousand. You know, it's it's our way of saying thank you and just trying to spread the word because again we have a lot of fun episodes that we'd like for people to listen to. And hey, if you have any suggestions of guests we should have on. Uh, feel free to you know tweet them at us. Like we're yeah. we're always open to you know basically add anyone. them and add us. Yeah, add them and add Put us. Them on blast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's been a long one this week, and unfortunately, yeah. Dave, I run out of things to say. Yeah, me too. It's been a long one, so a long one. So we'll be back next week. Uh, but until then, you guys, I've been Scrump. This is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say. And so, well, we must bid you adieu. So, until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.